0: Three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host. The man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, and loves women but hates the woman. From the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Ordinance wouldn't suck. He's the full blooded half Mexican. JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cummingham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes,
1: y'all. It's going down right now. Episode 40, of the 22 shots of moods and horror is coming at you live. I am your host mood six, one six, and yes, we always got my two vatos locos with me n e s ruler twenty two also known as jeremy, and of course we've got the vatos locos himself, double shot j also <laughs> known as j p. What's up, homies? Yes, it's the viewers' choice two
0: show, yeah, I'm excited. Twenty episodes since our last viewer's choice. We've returned to bring you a second viewer's choice. This Some time the pictures weird. Like these yeah. picks are way <laughs> weird than last time. We, like last time we did the Tripper, the Fog and uh, Pieces. Pieces. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this one's yeah. weird. Yeah, this one's like almost the complete opposite, man. We got a shot on video, uh holiday horror film, and then we've got uh like a horror comedy. <laughs> that is theoretically a remake of a classic uh Herschel Gordon Lewis films. Yeah. So, which is interesting. But so yeah, th- this this is a really interesting show, I gotta say. And I just love it that it's on episode 40 Episode which, forty?
0: Which viewer's Choice One was on episode twenty.
1: Yes. And that was actually planned out, was it? Wasn't
0: yep. it? Yeah, it was planned out actually. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Well I just wanna, you know, give a big shout out to everybody that made this episode possible, of course, for um, you know, voting for the choices and also recommending choices and yeah without you guys we can't do the show so hence the viewer's choice too yeah
2: big props Texas Chainsaw Massacre
0: (laughs) (laughs) and thank you Texas Chainsaw Massacre yes
1: that's (laughs) fucking awesome so what is going on guys yeah (sighs) Yeah,
3: nothing like a villain start school (laughs) next monday so almost done back feel like billy madison going back to school gotta sing the back to school song going
1: back to school for the first time (laughs) oh
3: Oh, man i had a terrible week why because you had to freaking interview people that's such
0: a terrible thing no i i enjoyed that that was i got three four more interviews planned for saturday did those questions help at all you know what i since i wasn't going back to work yet I just figured I would wait until tonight to check them out because okay. you know,
1: I mean obviously some of those things are not going to be you know valid for yeah, your word, yeah. line of work but uh, some of them are pretty standard but
0: mm-hmm. yeah I mean I lost a very close member of my family this past couple days his name was Blu-ray player.
1: Me and were <laughs> like oh shit
0: dude i was like you didn't fucking tell me yeah. what a dick <laughs> yeah man my blu-ray player died right right in the process of watching christmas evil vinegar syndrome i was real into it i was like man this looks awesome and then just just nothing it's just oh, dead it plays dvds not- the blu-ray player does not play blu-rays and That's now sad. i have to wait a week to get a new one because i'm pretty broke right now and it's, it's rough. I'm going through Blu-ray withdrawal.
3: And I'm going to have to wait even more for my copy of Monkey Shines. God damn it. Come on, I'll, JP. I'll still have that next no, I'm just fucking waiting. <laughs> Blu-ray player what, what comes kind of, first. What kind of Blu-ray player did
0: you have? It was just a Magnavox. I got it in 2010. So it's been about five years.
1: Wow, that, that's actually lasted a long time. Yeah. It's not bad, I guess. I mean, considering how many films go in and out of those things, right? Oh, especially, It's basically,
0: like, it's basically kind pat- of like a hooker. My paps pretty mu- <laughs> My pap was pretty much saying like, oh, well, you must have done something to it. And I was like, no, I just use it more than the average person. Yeah.
1: I love when old people say shit like that. They're like, well, oh, you must have did something. They give you no credit yeah. just for wearing out. They're like, well... You know, he's a little fucking bastard anyways. He probably got all drunk and beat the shit out of it. It's like, totally, Paps. That was the case. Yeah, I got real drunk one night and got all fucking pissed off and took it out on my Blu-ray yeah. there.
3: He thought there was a Roman numeral on the top, so he jizzed on it and he broke it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man,
4: uh,
3: fuck yeah.
1: Magnific- it's too bad it wasn't like a Samsung or something like that. It's like, it just sounds awesome. If yeah, it feels like Sony. You know, Samsung's dead.
3: Yeah, I'm a Sony. And, um, LG. LG. I've had dead. it for like three years and
0: it's still going, so...
3: Yeah, I got mine yeah, in I
0: 2010. I was really excited. I paid like 150, 175 for it when it when I got it.
3: Other like 50.
0: Yeah, which is mm. probably what I'm gonna pay for it. I, I was I'll thinking about it. holding off and getting a region free, but I just got too much, you know, bills to pay this next uh, week. So I'll just I'll go against your
3: morals, on. man. I, you
0: know I, I mean, it's you're... not really <laughs> my morals. I just. You know, I just don't really buy. I, I don't plan on buying Region Two stuff. But if I got one, you know, I do have a couple Region Two stuff that I can't play. So I mean, it's mm-hmm. what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, on that note too, it's, you know, Arrow. Uh, we will get into it later in the show, but them announcing their, uh, you know, the American Arrow releases, which is really cool. So, yeah, you know, it's nice for the people that don't have a Region Free player and have been wanting to seek out some Arrow titles. I mean, yeah, some but we're of not going to get the good ones shit we- though. It, well, some of them were un- underwhelming, but they have announced a couple titles that I'm obviously really, really excited for. So, um, yeah. yeah we'll uh, obviously, they're there.
0: probably not going to be able to grab like, the bigger titles, but it can't hurt, right? I mean, another person releasing uh, Region 1 Blu-rays of films that uh, sometimes are not on Blu-ray yet. Like, it, it can't hurt to have another player in the game. Uh, exactly. It's What's scary is if you only have one player in the game. Uh, like... Mm-hmm then it becomes ridiculous because you're completely you know, reliant upon them to get the titles you want. We need as many players in the game as possible to reach out for, for, for the Scream Factories and the you know, Blue Undergrounds or whatever that won't go out and get th- this specific title because it's too hard. We got another company who's trying to stand out who will go get that title. So it's always good to have more people uh,
1: doing it. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So, nothing exciting this week, eh? I honestly had a very uninteresting week myself. I Not did really nothing. Nothing. I actually just did really nothing did this week at all.
3: you watch 53 movies?
1: No, I didn't watch a whole lot. I watched a few movies this week, but, uh... Um... Yeah, nothing exciting happened at all. Just went to work, slept, went to work, watched movies. It was pretty uneventful, so... With the exception well, of yesterday, I fucking had a huge score. Went down to my buddy's shop, and, uh... Go down there, you know, DVD, Blu-ray hunting or whatever. And uh, he'd actually put off to the side like a, a really nice score of VHSs. And I scored some fucking beauties, man, for like dirt cheap. He actually held them off and he even told me too. He's like, man, I could sell these for a lot more, you know, eBay and stuff. Because that's what he does. He buys and sells things. And uh, But, you know, he held them off to the side and sold them to me for like dirt cheap. And he's like, I know you're not going to flip these. You know, you're a collector, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fucking awesome, man. I love that shit. But major scores. So that was kind of the most exciting thing of my week. So yeah vhs's <clears throat> some good ones like i said
3: yeah.
5: ones
1: that haven't been released on dvd which are awesome that's what i'm looking for so i never
3: find vhs's around here it sucks <laughs> all of them are on the east coast man
1: yeah no doubt right yeah i mean finding like this type of score was insane for around here you never find shit like that around yeah, here yeah. so it's just such a score but yeah alrighty. well jp Dewey got uh we must have a little bit more news this week, right?
4: It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life. <laughs> Death the tragedy of the year from New Jersey. Can honestly you I never seen anything like Well, Just hours ago, police arrested three old old obsessed old movie fans who allegedly committed a, a series of ritualistic
2: murders of after watching last summer's blockbuster movie, before before witch project. murders in the history of the
4: country.
0: Yeah, it's definitely picking up. We have a few interesting topics. It's still not like killing it or anything, but it's picking up compared to the last 2 weeks. So, first up we have a little update on Beetlejuice 2, Gremlins and a few other films. Um Beetlejuice 2, Michael Keaton wants to return uh while Tim Tim Burton says that he'll come back and direct um in an interview with the uh I guess the writer, he said that he's uh also penning the new Gremlins reboot. And he also says that Beetlejuice will be a modern-day sequel with Les Bang Moore, um, noting that Beetlejuice does not appear until almost the midpoint of the film. Uh, He's also working on a script for The Things They Left Behind, which was a a Stephen King story, I believe, uh, for CBS. And he's also working on adapting Stephen King's It.
1: So what you're saying is Beetlejuice 2 is actually kind of like Beetlejuice 1.5? I guess. (laughs) He's he's appearing like halfway through the film. Um, So is there any word on like, you know, Alec Baldwin coming back or fucking Gina Davis or... Fucking the. Winona on when on road, I, I can't remember her fucking name for a second. Yeah, yeah th- I
3: think any- that's. I think, we're, I think Ryder's coming back. I think no,
0: there's dead. been no confirmed. I think they're still trying to get her, but I don't. I think she's playing hardball or something because that was that actually. That fucking bitch, who, who the hell wants her? she doesn't even do anything anymore? Yeah, does she? Like, her. she's falling
1: off the face of the fucking earth. Really? Yeah,
3: she's like freaking. Uh, Shelley Fall who hasn't been in a movie in twenty years. I think it's been, like, yeah. 20 years since she has been in a movie.
1: But, like, what's up with Alec Baldwin? I mean, the guy... Oh, he's probably doing another episode of Saturday Night Live. Oh, 30 Rock. 30 <laughs> Rock. That's a show. Fuck. Yeah, I know. No, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's, like, yeah. the most hosted person on there, whatever, besides yeah. Steve Martin. But you know what I'm saying? But that, I think that'd be really cool to have, like, all those cast members back and stuff.
0: Yeah, I think it's always cool if you can do something like that in yeah, modern yeah. time where, like, you just... It, it's so weird to do a sequel that long after, but I'm always for it. But the writer, you know, Seth Smith, like, that guy's pretty damn busy. That's, like, four, ty- four, four or five different things. And there was even a few other ones that I didn't write down that he's working on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is you guys' uh, thoughts on, mm-hmm. like, you know, Beetlejuice 2? Like, are you, got, you guys obviously like the first one, right? Oh,
3: yeah. I'm a huge fan of the first one. I like it quite a lot. I haven't watched it in – Man, it's been a fucking long ass time since I watched the original Beetlejuice, but I have the, I have the Blu-ray, I think. Yeah, I have the Blu-ray. I should probably pop that in. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I always love him with the hookers in the middle of the freaking movie when he's at the strip club. That part always cracked. That whole movie cracks my ass up. It's so strange and weird and original. It's such a Keaton. fun
1: film. It, Michael it is Keaton such a good film. kills that role, man. Yeah. yeah, it's so fun. He kills that role, man. He's so fucking good. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, the whole setup and the look of that film is just fantastic. I always like the uh
3: <laughs> I like the ending too when when they're all sitting on the couch mm-hmm. at the end with the guy yeah, with the yeah. small head and <laughs> Yeah.
0: But but the thing is it feels like there's so much more story that could have been told that it's actually surprising that we never got a sequel. I mean, that world is very interesting with a lot of a lot of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: I think this is like the first sequel Tim Burton's done besides
0: Batman, right? Uh, I think well, so. Yeah. I mean, technically, Burton isn't for sure on board, but he, I, I, I yeah. said he would be. He would yeah, if he does it, maybe. I think it'll just
1: be a second one. Yeah, I mean, he's not he a did, sequel guy. He did yeah. – uh, well, he did an updated version of Frankenweenie. I guess it's not a sequel. That's but, not
3: really a sequel, but yeah.
1: But just a you – know, like he yeah, yeah. tackled that one twice. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, man, especially if the original cast is on there. Fuck yeah.
3: Yeah, that'd be interesting.
1: I mean, on—I mean, if Michael Keaton is there, that's pretty much good enough for me, because he is Beetlejuice, right? Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. And he's and he's also Batman to me because I'm from that era.
3: That's like when the, that last—I know this is a weird analogy, but when the last Hellraiser came out, it's like it's so weird not having Doug Bradley as
0: Pinhead. It's like I cannot see someone else playing Beetlejuice besides. Yeah, but. Michael Keaton. I mean, that definitely. Uh, even more with like Beetlejuice because that's such a li- live like oh yeah l- lively character. Mm-hmm. Um, Pinhead, Pinhead mm-hmm. is definitely well. I think what really hurt that the 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 whole thing you know besides the film itself was that the guy <laughs> that they got Pinhead to to the guy that they got for Pinhead was like way a bad choice. Like he was a terrible choice. So yeah, it but like, it's
3: but it's not like
0: on
2: massacre.
3: But well, you have a million different leather faces. I mean, it really doesn't make a big difference. It,
0: it, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Obviously, when you have Mike Myers or you have Jason, there's mm-hmm. less of a significant difference because they don't speak. They're behind a mask. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like Pin. I feel like Doug Bradley is replaceable as Pinhead. Like I feel like there's people out there mm-hmm. that could do it. Maybe not as good, obviously, because Doug Bradley's the shit as Pinhead. But I mean, honestly. Fucking Hellraiser sucks in the later versions. Like, like even Pinhead can't save them. Like they're like they actually make Bra- Doug Bradley like seem kind of terrible when you mm-hmm. watch like the later ones. And that's why I actually think that uh, Revelations was more of a Hellraiser film than any of the previous like four. Mm. But it still had a terrible Pinhead. If Doug Bradley would have been there, I think it would have been the best Hellraiser since Hellraiser four.
3: Yeah, it's a pretty. he's a pretty shitty he looks pretty shitty, Pinhead and
0: <laughs> He's like fat.
3: Yeah, he looks shitty. <laughs> he's like fat.
1: Yeah, so I just have no ambition to revisit any of those later sequels like oh, anytime I do. soon.
0: Maybe. <clears throat> I do. It's really gonna be like a, I just dude, I I love Doing that. I, that could be like an epic it. show.
1: Yep. Show I, I, know, I know some people are like screaming at the, you know, at the audio going, what the fuck? Like, moods, you like to fucking torture yourself with films. Yes, I do. I, I watch a lot of shitty fucking films. I'll admit that. But those ones are shitty in a bad way. You know, mm-hmm. not in a good way. They're just fucking oh dude that franchise man we should yeah. totally cover it oh, yeah,
0: that's a i'm not looking forward to ever watching those again man it's just a terrible franchise no it's more, it. a it. it's more for conversation piece. it's more for
1: conversation piece because we know that the conversations spawning from those later sequels are going to be pretty funny oh
0: yeah eight. dude guys uh let yeah. us know hellraiser yes or hellraiser no <laughs> You're yeah, gonna have I'm to get. A laser show. We're
1: I mean, definitely just, gonna probably have to take a week off to get all like nine fucking films in there because yeah. honestly, dude, I don't know if I can sit through back to back later sequels. So oh, I'm gonna no, need it, days in be between problem. to recover. Be I'm like part it five. It might I'll even have to be five. a
0: two-parter show.
1: I might literally have to like go air myself out and it's like okay breathe
3: Breathe,
1: you know and then take a day off and okay i'll tackle the next one
3: Straight some ginger (laughs) head when you're watching it
1: (laughs) fuck yeah man stuff is not bad actually after a few sips i gotta say
3: is it a canadian beer is it
1: a yeah it's it's actually from bc Mm -hmm. it's pretty good though man it tastes like it's a ginger stout so it's not bad pretty good stuff
0: and if anybody was wondering the guy who's penning both Beetlejuice to Gremlins reboot the things they left behind from Stephen King and Stephen King's it also did uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter that was like his notable
3: man, I uh, that that film.
0: and I haven't seen that
3: film mix things about it
0: man okay so
1: I was you know a few years back I was like reading like a motherfucker again and uh, I actually was in the bookstore and I came across that book Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. So I, I grabbed it. I was like, "That sounds like an interesting concept." So I read the book and fucking loved it. And right when I was finishing up the book, I'll never forget this. I had about twenty pages left in the book, and it was fucking weird. And I realized that they were actually making a movie for it. I was like, oh, "What the fuck? Crazy!" So of course I had to check out the movie. And uh, wow, that movie was an abomination compared to the book. <laughs>
5: A the shooting? book was
1: fucking awesome man like it was really entertaining really good stuff but like just the, in my opinion the way vamp i know some people liked it and stuff but i'm not a f- big fan of like slow-mo action scenes and stuff like that I mean, neither. like, like really that over stylized
0: underworld over-stylized. yeah That's
1: exactly and i didn't like the look of the film and like you know the premise was there and stuff like that i think it was executed a little poorly compared to the book but You know, I mean, that happens a lot with adaptations and stuff, but it was more of how they did it with the slow mo and just the effects and the CG and stuff. I just wasn't buying into it. The book was a lot better and entertaining. I recommend um, reading the book, it's really good stuff. It's a quick read, really great
0: stuff. So, another little bit of uh, kind of some breaking news coming from my boy Steve, Steve, Steven Ferrandino, hitting us up with some news. Uh, We have a new film called Slew Hampshire. Now this has been um was an official, official selection at Shockfest Film Festival uh where it uh was nominated for best feature, best editor and best actor. Uh it was at Rock and Shock B-Movie Celebration um and another Hole in the head film festival. Uh, it also has a nice quote from Fangoria, the Goria scene of 2013.
1: Room morg. Come best on. say
0: Fangoria. You said Fangoria. Room morg. I meant Room morg. Sorry about that guys. I'm um, just going off of memory here. Uh, Remember, he's Mexican. <laughs> I am. Half. Half. Half Mexican. Half-blooded Mexican. Um, yeah. So uh, this is going to be I, – I believe there's a teaser trailer out. You can check it out. We will have a link below uh, to the official kind of announcement. Uh, I don't know much about it. Like I said, this is breaking, breaking news. It's- it does
1: have a website, man. You can go check it out at www.slewhampshire, uh, Hampshire, as of one word. dot com. So, yeah, and it does. It has trailers and it has a bunch of info uh, information on yeah. the uh, the film and stuff. So, pretty it well has, uh, uh, put together.
0: Yeah, um, and it, you know, it's uh, going to be from what I believe. Uh, who's releasing, releasing this? Midnight releasing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks pretty cool. We'll have to we'll have to follow up on that. So. Um, Definitely check that out, you know, looks uh, indie, uh, but it looks cool too. I'm seeing some some pictures. Steve actually said that um, if you like urban legend type films or backwoods redneck films, you'll probably like it. So that sounds good to me. I like both of those, especially the backwoods redneck stuff. So we'll look forward to it and see what's up. Uh, And uh, anything that comes out in the future, we'll keep you guys updated. All right, so moving on, Dexter came back into the news again uh the president of showtime says that uh a dexter spinoff is an ongoing conversation and that is like it that's all he said my
3: mom's already through season six in a week she okay, six think- seasons in
0: a week is she getting disappointed yet i haven't talked to her about it because i could care less but
1: um what, what do you mean spinoff like who like how would they spin that off with the kids
0: no it would probably be dexter
1: but wouldn't it just be, like, Dexter?
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically. But, like, it wouldn't be, like, in Miami. It wouldn't be with all the old characters. It would be, like, yeah, Dexter. Yeah. Like, how they ended the show would be, take place from there. So, I mean, I guess it, technically it would just be Dexter. But they would call it as more of a spin Dexter
1: not in Miami.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is, right? is actually a huge deal. Because that was, like, one of the key things why that show was so successful early, early on to me. Was, like, that location. It was just beautiful like how they would um incorporate like this pleasant look with this like dreary hidden thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Plus it's a great it's a great uh place to have a setting for that type of storyline because there is a lot of crime there and stuff, right?
0: Oh, and also you have uh the ocean, you have the swamp <clears throat> lands, like you have a lot of different locations that you could go to and stuff. Yeah, totally. And and just a whole different like kind of uh style of like living
1: too yeah yeah i love that too man the look of that show is fantastic i mean i fuck i would love to live in florida around there man i live a boat in on the water Damn. why
3: yeah. it's all fucking old people screw that shit man well
1: yeah i mean it's, and yeah, the it's doctors obs-
3: suck dick down there too i would not the, want to live down there
1: the thing is man i kind of i lived in like well we always joke about this the canadian florida down south in bc i lived in this place called penticton it's literally where like all old people retire and go to uh-huh. <laughs> you, you get stuck behind these motherfuckers and they're doing like 20 in it's the like,
3: eighty, in the seventy lane.
1: Oh fuck, dude! It's so it's so bad, man. But it's like all old people there. But I it's like a huge never, party
3: city. I would never want to live down in Florida.
1: Like this, the city called Penticton has like about thirty, thirty-five thousand people. It's a really small town, and in the summertime, it turns into like a huge party city, and it jumps up to about one hundred and twenty thousand people, like all summer. So, like, the old people kind of go and hibernate and stuff. It's, it's pretty fucking funny. But we call it the Canadian Florida because it's fucking super hot there. Like, it's, like, over 100, like, all summer, yeah. right? So, it's... Too many but...
3: Jewish old peoples. I deal enough with that shit around here. Yeah, I'm I guess not... Florida's
1: just a bigger scale of it, right? It's just, like, tons of old people. But
3: yep. Yeah, Chicago and Florida, man. That's where that's where they go.
1: <laughs> that's funny
3: that they go New- Chicago. And it's and gold there, man. And New York,
6: man.
0: Yeah so so this Dexter spinoff um you know honestly I don't care whether they do it or not Dexter was literally my favorite show for four seasons five seasons I would even say probably into the uh I think what how many was there seven all together yeah. yeah so I think even into the sixth season I was still like with it even though I was like starting to get a little worried I think that they completely ruined the whole show with the set the seventh season. i like I actually feel like it's a terrible season, and not only the ending is terrible, but the entire storyline in the seventh season was some bullshit.
1: You should see you should read the books, man. The books are so different than the show,
0: yeah, well I know what way about. different,
1: man. yeah, it's way different, man they They kind of took the idea from the first book and kind of rolled with it. and then towards the end of the first book, it changes and then it's just all different. Mm-hmm. You know, the TV shows are so different than the books, but they're, they're fucking entertaining, man. It's really interesting what they did in the, like, the original stories. But, uh, uh, I can see why, I can see why they didn't go that route, you know, with some of the storylines and stuff from the books, because it would be, it'd make things a little more complicated because the show is, you know, solely about Dexter and stuff. But
0: yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah so, I recommend those. I mean, dexter just I, I mean they i almost feel like they have to redeem themselves somehow like it never should have ended the way it ended the original ending that the the original writer of the show or the producer or whoever it was came out and said what his ending was that was how you ended it what the fuck is wrong with people Ugh.
3: <laughs> yeah I kind of have the same feeling about breaking bad but what no way breaking bad ended perfect Yeah, that's what
0: everyone – yeah. Man, that is the only show that I think has a perfect run. I've never seen a show have just as strong throughout and even peaks more. Season four is fucking awesome. Oh my god. Breaking Bad is – I mean like I know everybody loves it and it's like super hyped and stuff. But it it really is like the greatest run of television I've ever seen.
1: (laughs) This is making me not want to watch it
0: now. You haven't just, never seen, it? seen it? Oh my god. I've even seen it. Now. I'm not a TV Dude, person. No, no. Even even with the overhypeness, you will love it. It's, yeah, it's a cinematic. Like, my, oh my, got, it's my beautiful wife. too. Like The camera shots are fucking amazing.
1: Yeah, the sim- yeah. Tiger is really good. My wife has even watched the whole series. She loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's a good
3: show.
0: Dude, you yeah. got six she, months. She, she, Dude, she fucking loves her TV, though. You have to see it in six months or else I won't be friends with you anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come on yeah. man even i have oh that we come nice. on man gotta nice. get
3: it
1: yeah yeah i don't know man tv shows to me are just like don't ah, i got here we're talking about breaking
0: time, bad here so
1: i gotta dedicate some time and i pick up a lot of fucking horror. dude the first
0: TV season shows. six episodes just watch that uh, it's like go. eight episodes i think six
1: six
3: that's it that's all it really is mm-hmm mm-hmm
0: Listen, yeah, I'll get through it one day. So, Escape from New York is once again being talked about being rebooted. Uh, Fox has officially, I guess, decided that they're going to do it now. I think they was in like some kind of legal battle with it. Um, but Carpenter will executive produce and will um, be a creative influence over the project. They're starting from scratch in hopes to reinvent the property with an eye toward launching a new franchise. Why does fucking Carpenter want to do this shit, man? Like well, Carpenter has said this many 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 times and he's said it with Halloween, he said it with everything. He's like, "I love when they do this because I sign something and then I get a check in the mail." Yeah. <laughs> and he's open and honest with it and I love it because hey, I mean, what what the hell? Why Well, not, that is right? pretty
1: that is pretty fucking honest, I got to say. Yeah. I mean, I mean really it just I mean, after that fog fiasco a disaster you know that that was that thing was a raging piece of shit oh yeah that
0: movie was which he shitty. executive produced on <laughs> i know that's what i'm saying like
1: his name is I, i'm just saying like you know he kind of you know he had oversaw it a little bit but like man he i mean honestly if carpenter watches he he must admit that movie's a piece of shit you yeah, know like yeah. i just fuck dude like it's so hard to drop your name keep your name on something like that and you're just like mm, that really is fucking bad yeah, it is pretty bad. You know, it's a fucking terrible film. I, he must honestly know that. So, it's but awful. I mean, at least at least he's honest about the paycheck. though. I mean, if that's what it's about, I mean, that's cool, I guess. But I mean, I just don't see the need to remake, you know, Escape from New York because I think the film is amazing. You know, I, I don't see. But I mean, if they want to make a new franchise, I, I guess whatever. To me, I don't it, know, man. It just seems like. It's another film I just don't see the point of remaking. Like, I always said that with The Fog. I didn't see the point of remaking The Fog. Mm
0: -hmm. Because
1: it didn't need to be upgraded or up-rebooted.
0: The Fog I do not see a problem with because that's a story that's been reused and retold, like, for a long time. Even probably before the original Fog, right? I think that was based off of a a story, like an old urban legend type thing. Um, So, I mean, I, I didn't really see a problem with it. They just fucking shit the bed with it i mean it's a terrible terrible movie but escape from new escape from new york is kind of interesting to me because i don't feel like it even has a like a name like like i i don't feel like it has like a big name like like uh the fog or you know like where it would the name alone would sell it like does is does escape from new york really have that big of a following uh yeah dude
1: that movie's fucking bonafide cult classic status.
0: Okay, but just because like, something's bonafide. called that classic movie's... doesn't mean that it's going to re- resonate with the mainstream. Yeah, dude, mainstream people know that movie too,
1: man. Like, I don't know, man. I, I th- you need to watch this movie, man. Probably. <laughs> like, I mean, that's where you're coming from. Like, it's so hard to talk about it if you've never seen it because it's like, it's... Oh, fuck, I don't know, man. I just don't see the point. I, I just don't see... I'm not against remakes. I, I don't know why I always have to say this every time we talk about remakes, but I just don't see the point of that movie being remade.
0: Well, that's... I didn't see the point because I felt like... I didn't feel like like people knew it well enough, but I guess they do. Fuck yeah, man. It's Escape from New York. I mean... I mean... It, I mean, I, mean, I people know did, we do in people the People didn't know
1: about it until right? the 90s when they did, like, you know, the sequel or the half-assed remake in the, in the 90s, the Escape from L.A., which is basically the same film.
5: Mm-hmm. Just...
1: Located in Los Angeles, I mean it's kind of basically a remake, but uh yeah, I mean, obviously, if that was your first you know you know scene or if if that you were introduced to you know Skate from l a you obviously went back and watched New York um people know about that film man, trust me,
0: <laughs> all right, so no, let's not remake it. I think that's what we're saying uh, I, 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 f- I like I said I, whatever they can do what they want, I just don't see the point so. After that, we have Blair Witch 3. Uh, this, the, every couple months, we'll hear little rumblings about this. And th- this really isn't barely any news because th- it's the same thing we always hear from a Mr. Sanchez. And uh, Eduardo, Eduardo Sanchez, the original creator of Blair Witch, uh, says that him and Lionsgate's been talking. Um, it's just a matter of being the right time. He thinks it's going to happen sooner rather than later. But he always sa- he even says, but I always say that. <laughs> um, he said there's some rumblings and certain ideas being pushed. So around. much honesty
1: on this podcast today, right? Yeah, everyone's yeah. being honest.
0: Yeah, he says he doesn't have anything firm right now, but uh, it it wouldn't surprise him if something happened within the next year or two. Now, see, my thing with Blair Witch Three is it's such an interesting idea because I feel like in order for it to work. It has to be something – one, it has to just have a really good script, but it has to be something that I wouldn't think of, you wouldn't think of, or any of us would really think of. It has to be something really good for it to work because it's like where do you take this story? Do you do a follow-up to the Heather story from from the first one? Is it found footage? Is it not? Is it a mix? Is it like part two? Like what, what, like what do you do with it? And that's why I feel like you just have to have some kind of outside-the-box awesome script it like ties it to the first one but still makes it something completely fresh
1: i am curious to see what they do with it because i haven't even you, seen the sequel to be honest the it's sequel's awesome good the sequel's good yeah, I know but you know my opinion just, about
3: the first one
1: i know a lot of people don't really care for the second one well, i mean yeah the second one's stupid. completely different but you know it is what it is man i find the blair witch is one of those films that's very divided And that's fine. I mean, I I see the appeal in the film and I see why people don't like it. Mm -hmm. You know, I I have so much, you know, it's one of those films I just completely understand why people like it and why they don't and why why they think it's overrated and why they think, you know, whatever their feelings. I just seem to understand everything about that movie. I mean, when I first watched it, I was kind of undecided. I watched it in the theater. Mm and I left the theater and I was like, yeah, it was, it was cool. And then, you know, the, the whole found footage thing was very new to me. Um, you know, at that point I'd actually, you know, that was basically the first, you know, like found footage film I'd ever seen. I'd never seen the last broadcast before that one. Um, but, uh, I was undecided. I I wasn't really sure what I just watched. I was like, you know, it was a cool idea. It was kind of interesting, but you know, it took a lot of time to resonate with me and stuff, but I can see where people are coming from, you know, if you're not a big fan of that style of film, found footage, yeah, it doesn't appeal. And uh, you know, and, you know, and I can see why people do. I, I don't know, man. It's just one of those ones I just find is the easiest one to understand why people are so divided. Oh,
5: for so, sure.
1: So, like, what what would you think? You know, like, would you? Okay, so Blair Witch found footage style, the second one kind of plays off that. You know, it's you know, it's a totally different type of film. But what do you think is a good idea?
0: Well, that's for the my third problem. One? Is I don't have one. I do not have a good idea at all. I can't even see how it would work. So that's why I'm saying they have to come up with something that I wouldn't have came up with. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like, do you have it to where you pull the, uh, you know, based on truth, like this happened angle again? Um, Which is fine because obviously there's films that come out that we know are absolutely not true that still use that angle. It's just kind of a way to tell a story now, which I have no problem with. Um, But I just don't. Feel like I feel like there would be too many eye rollers if you did that again, um, and as for actually just doing a another um, like sequel like part two, I just don't see the point then because it's yeah,
1: like, that's that's what I was kind of thinking too. I think a sequel like part two is completely kind of, in my opinion, kind of out of the question. You know, I think it would just be okay. They're making a part three this, to make a part three. This you know, is you would what have that I feeling. think
0: you might do. You might say you might make it make the original fi- okay the third film is aware that the, it's kind of like the second one in terms of it's aware that the Blair Witch movie existed <laughs> it's a bunch of people who are like okay that was a movie but that movie was based on footage that people found and then they created a movie to because they couldn't release the real footage let's Boy. go back there and find the the real story you know what I mean maybe do it like that
1: uh-huh yeah. I mean, that, that's interesting. Yeah, I agree. It's actually a good way to do it.
0: Yeah. Because um, then you can <clears> still have the, uh, this is actually real thing, but you're, you're acknowledging the fact that the first film was just a movie, but mm-hmm. it was like a recreation of events because it would be like a snuff film. If they released the real footage, they can't do that. So they kept the real footage. They remade it with actors and we're looking for what really happened. We have so the real you, footage. We're watching it and now we're gonna go investigate it.
1: So when you were doing, you know, research for the news this week, you were really thinking about this, weren't you? You put no, this together. I,
0: I, no, I I just thought of this now. Because oh, really, remember, a ago, me, remember a second ago remember a second ago where I was like, like it has to be something better than I could come up with. Well, not anymore <laughs> because I just came up with that.
1: Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. I have to say. I mean, man, I tell you, like... You think the, I should pitch it to Eduardo? You should, <laughs> actually. on the fly. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not bad. But yeah, I think the, you know, it, this is a really delicate sequel, you know, because it can go either way. It could be really good or it could be really
0: bad. No matter what... You know what, what I'm saying? People are going to buy it. Gonna I yeah. think it's going to fail. I think it's going to fail. But people are going to buy it, though. I don't think there's as many Blair Witch fans as as you might no, think.
1: No, I actually agree with that. I, I don't th- I think there's more people on the fence or that dislike the films than there is actually likers of the films. Like, but I mean I that's love just
0: the film and I don't know very <laughs> many people who are with me.
1: I don't love the Blair Witch at all. You know, I don't love the second film. I like them, you know. I know you love the Blair Witch and love the second one. So you're definitely, you know, a little, you know, on a different part of the scale than I am, but uh and then we know where Jeremy stands, but uh You know, I I mean, I don't dislike them at all. Like I said before, like I'm kind of, I'm not right in the middle. I do like the Blair Witch, but I understand where people are coming from on either side of the spectrum, man. It's Mm. one of the easiest films to really understand why people dislike it and like it. You know, know when you talk about film, you know, it's like when you talk about a film, like say Dawn of the Dead, you're like, I don't understand why people don't like that movie, you know, and I understand why people do. It's like, you know, with Blair Witch, it's like, fuck. I I I just get it. <laughs> so. Yeah,
0: definitely. After that, we have the Friday the 13th script. Uh, I believe Bloody Disgusting or somebody reported this. But they said <laughs> that uh, the producer, Andrew – I forget his last name. But uh, the producer from Platinum Dunes basically said that there's, they're still working on the script. And they're hoping that the movie will be made this year to – uh, make its 2015 November release date, and he confirmed that Jason is in the movie. I would hope um,
3: so. <laughs> What's the fucking point then?
0: Well, the first one uh, didn't really have Jason, right? I mean, so you. Well, that yes, one. that's
3: the first one, dude. But I
0: mean, at this point in the at this
1: point in time, not having Jason in a film is like, I think that's a really bad idea. Probably. That's just that's just my because opinion. people are going to
0: backlash.
1: But, but I think – but either way, like even if you're not worried about people backlash, you're like, I'm going to go – I'm going to do this movie without Jason. This is their idea. you know. If they want to go forward, whatever. But I think it's just a bad idea.
0: Oh, I it's definitely people, a bad idea. You people need Jason, Jason, man. You need Jason. <clears throat> but so. I'm – like I'm one of those people who obviously like I want Jason. But I mean I would accept an idea of of a – of it, like if they was gonna do the surprise, like I wouldn't want to know beforehand that there was no Jason, but I wouldn't be like against it if they like tricked us and did the story with Mrs. Voorhees and made it, it who done it. Like I mean, if it, I I wouldn't hate that idea, but I know a lot of people would really hate it. It would flop if they did that. <laughs> it wouldn't flop because it, it's gonna get high numbers opening weekend anyway. So in order for it to flop, it at least has to not even have high numbers opening weekend. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know. It needs Jason.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm going to be selfish on this one, man. Fucking Jason. We need Jason.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, I'm for the obvious Jason, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have hated it if they went the other way, which they absolutely wouldn't. Well, I mean, you know, to be fair, to be fair, I would have to see the fucking final
1: product. If it didn't have Jason, then I would judge it for myself. But, yeah. going but I wouldn't just it, hate it would be it hard. It, it would be hard Jason. to. Yeah, it would be hard for me. I'm just this is just me talking. It would be hard for me to, like, get over the fact like I'm going in this film and I already know it's been spoiled. There's no Jason in the film. So
0: oh well, if you we don't, don't know, then that's a that I'm just saying if they yeah that it is completely where they different us and it's like, it's like oh yeah. this was Mrs Voorhees at the end when we always ex- when we expected it to be Jason like I'd be like oh wow yeah yeah I wouldn't mm-hmm. hate it simply because like it wasn't Jason the whole time that's why everybody hates part five. <laughs> Well, everyone loves Part 5 until the fucking final act. Part 5 is like one of the best sequels and people just hate it because of that ending, man. And I don't blame them. It's, it's a revealed, stupid the- ending. But I cannot for- I cannot forget about the first you know, 80 minutes of the film that was awesome. I love Part 5.
1: Yeah, I've got one of the greatest sets of titties in that film too. <laughs>
0: that
1: episode of Voorhees. And her name is actually Voorhees. That's still the most <laughs> bizarre thing to me ever. Yeah. chick's hot man fuck
0: really good okay so now we have a little update on the poltergeist remake uh supposedly it's a 10 year old boy is the protagonist and it is from his point of view and they go on to say that um it's Kind of a kid's movie. Um That's what I it's heard probably too. not gonna be like rated R this. scary. It's it's from the <sighs> point of view of a kid. Yeah, I read this too. And I'm
1: sorry, man, but you know, I'm not <sighs> I don't know, man. I this is not gonna be
0: good. Nah. I actually I'm didn't have really any faith in it anyway, because it's just one of those films where I'm not overly like an outrageous fan of the original poltergeist anyway. But I am aware that how strong of a movie it is and how like –
3: Yeah, but not having it through
0: the perspective of Carol Ann. It's like what the fuck is that shit? Well, I don't – that doesn't bug me at all. Why? I didn't really like Carol Ann as like – it wasn't really about her to begin with. It was about the family. Yeah, but she's still like a major part of the movie. I haven't watched Poltergeist in a long time, man. Yeah, but it's not like it's her point of view. So that that doesn't bug me but I it's, to me it's just it's just like you can't really create recreate poltergeist because it just kind of worked in in its time and it was really yeah, scary yeah. for what it is and you're not gonna be able to do that again because they got lucky and mm-hmm. yeah. you know obviously there was some skill there involved in crafting <laughs> the film but it's just it's not gonna Like what is Spielberg did a good job directing that movie? Poltergeist. (laughs) (laughs) Poltergeist is known for being a really scary, like PG type, PG thirteen film. No, it's PG. Um, but like that's all. It's like obviously it's a good story, but that story exists many, 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 many times over. So then, what are you left with? If it's not the story, it's just the scariness and uh you know stuff like that the the individual scenes and if you're not going to directly recreate those scenes then you got nothing you just got another ghost story Mm
3: -hmm.
0: so i didn't really have faith for it to begin with yeah yeah we'll see
1: I don't know exactly I mean like we we, we talked about this months and months ago on a cast
0: and uh we've talked about it multiple times multiple times
1: I yeah I remember one specific episode that we got into a good conversation I believe it was the phantasm franchise one god only knows why I remember that but um but I just remember laughing about it going I just don't have any faith in this shit now this comes out I'm just like god damn and it's in 3d oh yeah, yeah. Oh, of course it is of course it is to make things better <laughs> I forgot that it was in I
3: read that it was in 3D also
1: that's right that's right fucking stupid gimmicky, gimmicky I mean obviously you know they must know that the, the idea is not solid enough so they're like well you know let's sell this product by putting it in 3D let's make it well you know, I hope let's it's let's throw that gimmick in there Texas
2: Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> 3D I hope it's better than that
1: one and on that note sorry to, Toby Hooper for saying that Spielberg directed uh, Poltergeist <laughs> you know and we know you did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Thank you for the uh, the sample.
3: No, no. I'm uh, saying I hope it's better than Texas Chainsaw 3D because that was
1: oh, too. oh, you know, JP is just – oh,
0: he's so buttery His now. His
3: butthole is clenched.
0: <laughs> Wait, what? I missed it. Uh, was he talking about how Texas Chainsaw what? 3D is a pretty solid film? Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Oh. Well, word yeah, it definitely is. But after that, we have 28 <laughs> Weeks Later. I guess there's some movement on this one again. Uh, I don't know, man. It, like, that's pretty much all the news is. It's just there's some movement. 28
1: got months later. Okay, so they announced this news, and I said, yeah, and then 28 months from now, we'll maybe see a product. You know, it's kind of funny. Okay, when did 28 weeks later come out? What year? It was like eight years ago. It was yeah. like eight years ago, so you put that into real time, it's been like over a hundred weeks, or a hundred
0: months since the other one dropped. Like, come movie. on, you
3: guys. I saw that movie in the theaters, too, man. Get
0: this shit going.
3: I remember seeing that.
0: I don't know, dude. I don't really even like the idea of that, to be honest. Like, I feel like doing the, like, like okay, obviously you make a, a film called 28 Days Later. Okay, well, we if we make a sequel, we could call it 28 Weeks Later. It's like, oh, if we do another sequel, we call it 28 months later, and then 28 decades later, and then 28 years later, whatever the hell you want. Oh, years before decades. It it be years, be years before decades. decades Either so way, it on. doesn't matter. I just feel like you're, you're, you're kind of – That's like fourth grade. Like You're pigeonholing yourself into writing around the idea that it's set this amount of time in the future. It's like I don't really care. Just call it 28 days later again or something. I, not like,
1: necessarily. <laughs> not if you have the idea or the notion. We'll just make this a trilogy and we'll just go weeks, months, and then – you know, or days, weeks, and then months, right? So yeah, days comes before weeks, dude. Yeah, sorry, man, sorry.
3: Fuck. It's Better than decades and years.
1: You <laughs> know did, what? What the fuck? Is I know. It? I know the way the movies went. Come on, give me a break. You know <laughs> what I'm saying, <laughs> exactly. man? If just doing a trilogy, it's like I actually kind of like. The, it idea. never it, was planned just, as a trilogy, though. So you can't I'm not saying it was. That. I'm not saying it was, but I mean, you know, just you know, the sequence is there. And, you know, but I mean, fuck, dude, it, it's getting to the point where it's like, you know, eight years ago, you know, 28 weeks later came out and it's like, do people really give that big of a shit anymore? You I mean, unless you're doing closer. the
0: same characters and stuff like I, I don't like I don't know. I just I, to me, I never like I really liked the first film, but I didn't I, I've i actually never even been able to make it through the second film because not by like me shutting it off or anything, but I just never was into it enough to stick like stick See, around? Yeah, I like this. Well, I've seen it at other places where it'd be on TV or something. And I don't I like, I don't like, like
3: it. it. I don't like it, like it. But I, I don't think it's too bad. Maybe I I'm the only one who thinks that. I like. No, the, I don't. I think the opening shot of them like chasing that guy through the field.
0: That that is awesome. really exhilarating and awesome. But I really, a like cinematography in that. It never got like to that point again, from what I've seen of it. Uh huh. I didn't mind it. it. It's not brilliant or anything, but it was okay. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean,
1: you know, twenty eight months later, subtitled a hundred and fucking seventy one months later, in reality, <laughs> that would crack me yeah, up. I would watch I, it just because of that subtitle.
0: I don't know. I am just not that excited about another one. Like to be honest, like it doesn't really get my juices flowing. I don't know why it's always in the news. Like every couple months, it's like, well, twenty eight week or twenty eight months later is like, you know, on again. It's like, it's like really like does anybody is like anybody like really want that?
1: Because there's like really not a lot of mainstream news, so they're just like they keep fucking, <clears throat> you know, poking at the notion that this movie might come out, you know, twenty well, months. Might, or it now. might
0: have to get greenlit before it comes out. Yeah, it has to get greenlit. I don't even think it's been greenlit yet.
1: It's so fucked up. That's crazy. <clears throat>
0: yeah. So after that, we have a bit of news on the Purge Three again. Uh, Platinum Dunes producers have stated that uh all of the like rumors and news that been floating around about it being a prequel and i knew when we were talking about this that it wasn't like anything official there's like no like press release or anything um but he's basically saying like yeah i don't know where that's all come from because the the stuff that we're working on the content that we're working on the material we're working on is not a prequel uh it, it just has it it's that's not what we're doing
3: I guess that's not what they're doing then.
0: Yeah, he says it's not a prequel. It's not, uh, you know, the origins of the purge. It's not day one of the purge. Yeah, he just doesn't want to admit it. But the third one is going to be set on a boat.
1: <laughs> it is. I'm telling you, man. It's a terrible idea. You and your boats. No way. It's not. That's a one of the worst
0: idea. ideas I've ever heard. I hope you're joking. No, dude. How is a fucking film <laughs> set on wh- a boat a bad idea? Because it, it a film set on a boat is a great idea. But setting the purge on the boat, didn't you just limit it? Like, it's just, it's not the purge anymore. Like, who Why the hell's going to be purging on the boat, on a boat?
1: Man, it, it, it's just getting to the point where it doesn't matter. You're just out to fucking kill. You know?
0: Like, how would Fuck, that? I don't, I don't know, man. Everybody who gets on the this... boat is like, well, you know, the purge is <clears throat> tomorrow, right? It's like, yeah, don't you think we should stay on land? <laughs> you know like don't you think we should lock ourselves well, up in one of these high-tech security houses it's like nah man it's the boat like we're gonna going be on, on the, the boat,
1: fucking boat. man people love cruise ships man come on i'm <laughs> <laughs> just saying there's a way around it you can do this up decent i don't know i like fucking movies that are set on boats so fuck off You're jesus in
5: boats. okay so
1: watch I was friday giving night shit about my boat horn friday eight
0: <laughs>
3: yeah Hannon, <Manhattan>, man
0: ah <laughs> oh, shit Alright, so after that we have a bit of like um other news I think it was what, like uh Hannibal season three. I guess they used to premiere in the winter, but this time it's gonna be in the summer, two
3: thousand fifteen. That's that's good. That's not a good sign already.
0: <laughs> the
3: summer's no, like a time that... where
0: studios like release stuff
3: that they're thinking not gonna be too good.
0: So. Yeah, but Hannibal has been doing really well though, so I doubt it's like a Yeah. They probably just needed more time or something. The I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? You could be right. Um, after that, we have Exhilarator Media, which they own like the macabre label that we like mm-hmm. so much. Um, they're releasing a film or they acquired a film called The Diabolical. And this film is supposed to be about uh, a couple of children and a parent who live in a small, suburban, quiet home, awoken nightly by increasingly strange, intense presence. Uh, the boy, the woman seeks uh, the help from her boyfriend, who's a scientist named Nikolai, who begins to hunt and destroy the violent spirit that paranormal experts are too frightened to undertake.
3: Yep. Okay,
0: so it's a ghostly... Uh well, a ghostly isn't just about a ghost. It's how it's marketed. So we won't know until we see the box cover. And then we'll be able to tell. But I mean, based on the description, sounds ghostly, but we won't know if it's a bona fide ghostly until we see that box cover and you know the like how it's marketed. Okay. Mm. Cute. No, not cool. Still
3: banking on a ghostly.
0: Uh After that, I think, what, Arrow announced some titles. Do you guys have those titles?
1: Yes, I do. Do we want to name off all of them?
0: I I know they're doing like a spaghetti western and stuff. Like, I don't know if you want to.
1: So the titles that have been uh, announced so far are a film called Blind Woman's Curse. Uh, Another one, which is Day of Anger, which is the one with Lee Van Cleef. It's the, uh, the spaghetti western which looks interesting everything with Lee Van Cleve is awesome uh, the releasing Mark of the Devil uh, which hit miss with people I enjoy it it's okay um, Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Miss Osborne <laughs> what
5: the fuck <laughs> the fucking is that? Biz-
1: I don't know man that one's got the most bizarre title ever It's got that's Udo- an awful title yeah it's pretty uh, awful it's got Udo Kier in it which is you know it's kind of selling itself right there because he's in it but I don't know he plays Dr. Jekyll so who plays
3: Miss Osborne
1: uh, Sharon It says Marina Pierio I don't know I'm not sure I don't really know anything about that one That's an odd one uh, and Then we got Massacre Gun uh, Which looks pretty damn cool actually too um, Yeah looks okay And then we got of course Blood and Black Lace uh, Which is also coming out on Steelbook And of course standard DVD and Blu-ray combo pack Which is fucking awesome Because it's like one of my favorite Mario Baba films Uh, That was a really cool release. Probably the most exciting one so far for me because I'm not going to upgrade Mark of the Devil. I already have two copies of it. That's including the barf bag edition. (laughs) So (laughs) I really don't need another edition of Mark of the Devil. Um, To be honest, I'd probably just grab Day of the Anger and uh, Blood and Black Lace. I'm not going to grab the Steelbook because no. I mean, But I think the biggest downfall to these releases so far is actually the price of them. They're all about $27.99 for the (laughs) Blu-rays. Which is, in my that's opinion, lot. crazy. And the steel books uh, is priced at thirty four ninety nine right now. I'll pass. So I mean, that's just fucking insane, man. Really, really insane. But <laughs> do they come with a hand job?
3: Like seriously.
1: <laughs> so I mean, it's a little. <clears throat> so I mean, for the average collector stuff, uh, they're probably not going to go out of the way to pay, you know, the thirty bucks for these. So
0: they'll drop. A little
1: disappointing. That's just retail
0: price, <clears throat> probably.
1: Hopefully, they drop. But I mean, I am going to
0: grab Blood and Black Lace because I um, won't grab any of them if they don't go to twenty dollars. <throat> That's a lot. Thirty bucks. It,
1: it, it is, man. Yeah, these are a little, a little pricey, but twenty
0: dollars is a fair, expensive price for a Blu-ray. Like yeah, I yeah, actually I'm,
1: passed on one yesterday for that price too. I was like, should I buy the guest for $20 on Blu-ray? I'm like,
0: no. The movie's awesome. So I this is on of course uh Aero America, Aero North America that we're talking about.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
0: So um these are going to be region 1 obviously. Um you know, it we'll, we'll look forward to seeing what else they put out, but uh, I think they start in what, March? Yeah, I think this is just the start of it, though. I think, you know,
1: it's just a slow start. But I think we're going to get a lot of pretty cool title announcements and stuff, which, you know, I I mean, I like Arrow as a company. They've done a really good job, so.
3: Yeah, but if they release,
1: like, some of the stuff that the UK released, that would be pretty sweet. You know, I think eventually they will. I think we will get some of those titles. Like the Burbs? That would be awesome. Fuck, I hope we get the Burbs, actually, man. That's one title I would love to see. Yeah, I like the Burbs.
0: Um, So, so also, uh, Rings... This is uh a reboot of R- the Ring. It's called Rings. Another one? I guess. I don't know. Um but anyway, I oh, guess they're God. casting for that film, so.
1: So this one it's not actually a VHS tape that kills you in seven days, it's like a Blu-ray?
0: I think it'll still be a VHS <laughs> no, tape. Digi- I think it's an w- ultraviolet
3: digital copy. <laughs> it's an ultraviolet code that kills you in seven
1: <laughs> days. <You> know, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs>
4: God, it's a
5: when fucking iTunes
1: attack. It's a fucking iTunes <laughs> download. Oh my god, dude, that is fucking funny. I actually have tears in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be updated, right, JP? It's funny. I yeah. mean, no, that's he just curious, has, doesn't see. But... He does
0: not see the humor in it at all. I just laughed
1: maybe I was over laughing you cause I was yeah cause you were That's
0: dying <laughs> yeah that was that was really funny but I was trying to think like no I, I don't think you have to make it like you can still be a VHS like let's it's not act like they like I know ultraviolet pilot code dying. <laughs> I killed moods. <him. laughs>
1: dude I'm fucking dying over here <laughs> oh, I'm sorry I'm fucking well, laughing so hard <laughs> <laughs> okay let's continue I gotta wipe this away
0: <laughs> fuck
1: uh, sorry
0: <laughs> it's, it's like a, I just keep picturing him like typing in a code like, Dude, I know. <laughs> Don't just, type it, in this it, code. It's so silly it's, because.
3: It, you could redeem it more than once. It's already a bad sign if you redeem it more than once. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ.
4: Oh, fucker. It's so funny. Uh, it's an
1: evil oh, ultraviolet You know, code. they, they got to keep it with the times, you know? It's like ultraviolet codes and digital codes and downloads and fucking. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> I could. Uh, you know, now this is I can it, it see can them be- doing a download thing.
1: Well, because it's like a virus thing, right? So you download this bad code, and it's a virus, and it actually infects you, and then you die in seven. In I feel seven like I've days. seen those
0: type of films before, though. If they yeah. do a ring, I just I would keep it like <laughs> like the original. Oh god! Because no, you got to remember, my when the boat came I do out. Bad. DVD was around. Like like DVD was still a thing. Like mm-hmm. it was already a thing. When did the ring come out? Like two thousand one or two or something. Is yeah. this going
3: to surpass Ginger Noman sales, though, is the question. Not Ginger Gnome, it's Gnome Alone. Gnome Alone.
0: Is it going to surpass Gnome Alone? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, after that, we have uh, Vinegar Syndrome is kind of like they launched an Indiegogo campaign to like do their version of Netflix, their vo- version of uh, the full moon thing. A lot of companies are doing this now. Um, basically, the Indiegogo campaign, you can, you know, spend $50 and become like a three month member and get like a vinegar syndrome title or something. I don't know there's a bunch of different things they can do there. It looks pretty cool but you know I'm just I have no need to subscribe to digital services right now I just that's just I barely watch Netflix as it is so yeah I mean it's cool for the people that like that but and not for me I think the campaign
1: is actually doing okay right now I actually watch a lot of like you know those type of things like Netflix and stuff when I'm on the road you know like i mean i don't yeah
3: how many fucking, movies on netflix did you watch when you were here like a couple trillion and,
1: well that's the thing like i'll watch movies on like exactly like if i'm you know I'm, <laughs> i don't want to say vacation but like if i'm on the road if i'm you know out of town for business or whatnot and stuff so i netflix is it's a great thing to have because i generally don't like to bring around dvds and stuff oh. i will pack the odd multi-pack or something which i do buy for that specific reason but netflix is fucking handy plus i love when i'm down in the states because your netflix is so much better than the canadian one <laughs> yeah your horse it's a surprised you're fucking, sure
3: not able to get around that.
1: No, we actually can't. I'm just fucking lazy. I mean, my parents have an American Netflix, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. and like most of my friends do, I'm just lazy. I just don't. Yeah, I mountains. actually
0: heard that Netflix was going to be cracking down. Yeah, I heard that too.
1: T- this week, well, they did, man. They actually a lot of people um had theirs disconnected and stuff, and then they figured out a way to get around that. And mm-hmm. for some odd There's, reason, my parents just never got disconnected. It's fucking rad.
0: Yeah. So, Every time you patch one hole, three more open. That's yep. just the way. Yeah, works. the way the world works. Mm-hmm. So uh, after that, finally, we have a bit of interesting news. Um, it was funny because last night me and Moods were talking on Skype, updating our body bags titles list. And I, I noticed that on Scream Factory's fan page that somebody said, hey, like, are you guys releasing the Duke Because uh, on, the listing on Amazon says Shout Factory. Um, and I thought it was interesting because Scream Factory normally replies to things like that and says, no, we're not, or currently not at the moment. And they never said anything. And it was like two days old. And then I looked, and sure enough, on Blu-ray.com and uh, Amazon, it was listed as Shout Factory. Um, so I actually was going to talk about that as kind of a rumor where I think thought that it was like possible. But I guess it's kind of been – they finally answered and they said they are working with IFC Midnight on the release – uh no detail at this time. Expect a official bigger announcement soon.
1: Hmm. IFC and Scream Factory. Yeah, dude, that's really, really exciting. That's yeah. super cool, man. But me
3: and JP were talking about this earlier. Like I would think JP thinks that <clears throat> IFC is gonna sell or what did you say, JP, that they're brave for teaming up with Scream Factory?
0: Well, I said it's Kickstarter the cut. If they're willing to have a big release like the Boba Duke that you know got a ton of awards this year and o- online was like really talked about, if they're willing to allow Scream Factory to jump on board that you know piece of the pie like wouldn't yeah, that but- mean that they are open to doing it in the future with a lesser popular film well, it- no,
3: I just think because it's a popular film they think that they're they would sell more copies with Scream Factory than without Scream Factory.
5: Okay,
0: but wouldn't that case go for anything that they would release? Since like wouldn't they sell more copies of uh you know Dead Snow if Scream Factory's name was on it too.
3: But they're they are released uh Mm Yeah, but they can't release every movie with Scream Factory. Well they could. Who wants to see premature <laughs> on Scream Factory?
0: But no, listen, okay, so my thing is, first of all, we got to figure out how the deal works. Is it a deal like they had with Anchor Bay, where Scream Factory gets a specific number of copies, 250, that they sell on their website that, has, that comes with a poster, and then IFC Midnight has the rest? Because that deal benefits Scream Factory more than IFC Midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, now, or is it to where it's a complete co release, maybe because IFC owns the film rights, they get a higher percent, but then Scream Factory gets a royalty for uh, everyone sold because they are marketed it. Yeah, a percentage of uh, film, a percentage of uh, the film that they have. Like, is it going to be like that? I think we we would need to know the the um, what?
3: That was a really big gulp and that would have burned like a motherfucker.
1: Yeah, I just heard you pouring that and made me laugh. (laughs) <laughs> that would have burned like a bitch.
0: But I think we need to know more – we would need to know about the deal in That's terms to kind point. of uh, figure out if it is going to be something that we could see in the future. Because I think like how the Anchor Bay thing with the Halloween box set was – that was probably a one-time thing because it got the word out there more. But overall, it was a Anchor Bay release. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So Anchor Bay probably got all the money, and then Scream Factory just got the money for the ones that they sold off the website.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's hard to say. I mean, they probably had something worked out, but who knows? And we don't
0: know, so we we
1: would never know. So it's we're it's just all speculation. Well, we
0: will know now, depending on if it is like the Halloween thing. Um, yeah. Because it, I, I see what you're saying the the thing that you can tell ta- the the way. I mean, obviously, we don't officially know. But mm. when it's,
1: the, it's their business it's the, their business
0: when, when Scream Factory <laughs> and Anchor Bay came together to release that Halloween box set, we saw two hundred and fifty or what whatever it was of those box sets on the Scream Factory website with that I think it was uh, five
1: hundred actually five
0: hundred okay,
1: yeah,
0: after those five hundred were gone, we never seen Scream Factory selling that release again, so that's why I think they Anchor Bay uh gave Scream Factory that amount to sell and was like, you know, if you put your name on it, produce some, let us have some of your special features, you can have those, and then we'll take the rest. Um, but it benefits Scream Factory because that was a huge release. benefits Anchor Bay because they got more special features. Um, but overall, Anchor Bay owned the rights to most of the films, so they should get more of the pie, and I think that's what happened. Now, in this case, if it's a joint release, and both companies are putting it out there as... Um, and getting an equal share into it or at least like or even like a eight, uh, 60 40 or whatever um, I could see them working together again uh, so I don't know I'm, I'm pretty excited because it, it's pretty cool you see I seen the spine and it has Screen Factory on the side and then it has IFC Midnight on the front that's
1: dope yeah I mean I guess it all depends on you know what Screen Factory or Shell Factory wants to pick up from IFC too I mean if they want to continue to work with them I mean that's a perfect title you know it's one of the bigger, more popular titles that's come out from, you know, IFC and stuff like that. So, you know, I can see Screen Factory jumping on those type of titles. Like Jeremy said, you know, Screen Factory is not going to be going after all their titles, because some of their titles are kind of mid-range titles that that doesn't really fit the profile of Screen Factory is what they're supposed to be releasing. Yeah. Which we did have a conversation about this actually yesterday about, uh, you know, how Scream Factory was, you know, started out releasing horror titles, and you know people are a little confused by why they're releasing sci-fi and cult titles and stuff. But did cool. touch grounds. We did touch grounds with why they're doing that now. So, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, this I think does
0: seem like a very Scream Factory esque title, though. Oh yeah,
1: exactly. And and that's why it didn't really surprise me. I was like, oh, that's cool, man. They're they're going after that title because it makes a lot of sense to their line, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so, we don't I mean, even
0: know yeah. if they are the ones that pursued it. I mean, I would probably assume they are. Uh, but I, I think basically when we see how the film is sold, that's when we'll know how much Scream Factory has in the film or if it's just kind of like the Halloween box set. If Scream if, there, if it's like an official full Scream Factory title that stays selling on the website, then I think that it's more of a closer um, collaboration than the Anchor Bay set that we've seen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see what it comes like, how it gets released in Canada, because we know with IFC titles that get released in Canada, they're distributed through Mongrel, right? So they, they're the exact pre- uh, presentation of an IFC film, but it just has Mongrel on the side.
0: But sometimes right? even Anchor Bay grabs some of the contemporary yeah. Scream Factory titles.
1: That was the weird one with... What if added- it was like a
0: Mongrel-Anchor Bay collaboration?
1: <laughs> well, there is an Anchor Bay uh, Canada lo- side of Anchor Bay, right? So a lot of the titles will be specifically released through their kind Anchor of... Anchor Bay, Canadia. Yeah, it's really odd. And that always tripped me the fuck out man. when I seen that battery release. And I'm like, it's Anchor Bay. The DVD was Anchor Bay. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? So strange. But yeah, I'm curious to see how this gets released up here. Uh, I hope it's not a problem for me to get. because yeah. That's why you got me. Got your yeah.
3: little U.S. I mean, I'm not worried get about getting everything. it. It's just, you
1: know, I like, I love the fact of being able to go into a store and, you know, pick that title nope, up. Not you know, Target,
3: because they're all fucking leaving. Target? Yeah, fuck, our Target sucks, dick. That's why they're all, that's why they're leaving. That's what I read this week.
0: But uh, that is going to be released in April and no official announcement, but we should see one pretty soon. That's an awesome title to pick up, by the way. Hopefully, yep. it gets the Scream Factory treatment with, like, special features and stuff as well. It'll probably. I mean,
1: all their contemporary titles have had slip covers. I think to date so far. Squad. So I, I can see a nice little. What's that? Oh the yeah, the squad. squad didn't.
0: Yeah. Neither I knew did there was Dead that. Souls. No, I Dead the, Souls did. Chilling Visions didn't.
1: Yeah, that's right. Okay, I knew there was another one. Fuck. So never. Just, just remember <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah.
0: But Go. that will do it for my news. Does anybody else have anything else that I missed?
2: Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, that's fine.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Was there any Fright Rags
1: news? I mean, there kind of was, I think. Uh, yeah, so Lee made like... this
3: announcement today, which I, which we were talking about before <laughs> the show, that I really didn't have any idea. Obviously, this guy's a big designer, and I'm not on the, on the street about who this guy is, but... There Jeremy is a, has no
1: idea what the word is on the street.
3: Yeah, there's a new <laughs> collaboration coming on February twenty third, not February, January twenty third. It's even during my segments I fuck up. Uh, Frank Facetta, is that how you pronounce his name? Facetta. I guess he is a American fantasy and science fiction artist noted for comic book, paper book, book covers, paintings, posters, LP records. So I guess he is a comic book artist and Fright Rags, I guess, is doing a collection of some of his work starting Friday, January 23rd at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. They are all limited. Uh, There is a box set which comes with a... Limited edition collector's box, a 11 by 17 poster, uh, all full, and all four limited edition T-shirts, and that goes for 115 US dollars. And there's two, Damn. there's 200 of them. And also there is three limited edition shirts, limited to 300, and those are all 27 dollars. So whoever this guy is, I'm probably missing out. But uh, there's like a werewolf and Dracula one. And uh, they all seem to be like Dracula and werewolf E, so that's your thing. Check out Fright Rags on January 23rd at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard
1: Time. Yeah, and I know last week they had uh, a limited edition, what, 24-hour sale on the new...
3: It was a uh, a 24-hour mystery tea sale that they do every year, which is they have a design up there uh, for 24 hours, and then it's gone. It's gone, and there's a badass... uh, Freddie nightmare on elm street shirt that was fucking awesome and it sucks
1: if you guys missed out on it because it was pretty baller it really was one of the best freddy shirts i've ever seen and of course i had to jump on that shit like a fucking fat kid on fucking smarties man so i so i basically jumped on some smarties there
3: (laughs) yeah I moots mean, had a raging boner like he did today when he was on the toilet
1: oh yeah totally man that <laughs> fuck dude i took one look at that shirt and i instantly ordered it i ran over to my computer i was <laughs> i'm <laughs> such a fucking dork i was at my sister's house visiting my new nephew ran over to my computer i was like Brr. yeah because of course i had my computer there um uh, my laptop but i had to fucking get that oh my god that shirt was nice but so that sucks if you two X. Yep, the double X because yeah, my body's
3: long, man. <clears throat> you just drink so much beer.
1: No, I got a long ass fucking body. I have short <laughs> legs. I'm six foot one and I got thirty-inch legs. It's fucked. So I need longer shit. must <laughs> be a Canadian really... thing. <laughs> no, it's just a weird thing. It's just an <laughs> odd thing. Alrighty. So uh getting into mood swings, uh we're gonna start off with the um the January twentieth, 2015. It's still weird to say fifteen. Uh, releases, uh, DVD and Blu-ray releases. So, starting off here, we got a film called, uh, oh, excuse me, Attack of the Morningside Monster. Oh, that sounds pretty shitty. <laughs> I'm just curious on what Morningside is. That's interesting, but... Uh,
3: Take it some weird-ass is releasing this one?
1: It's apprehensive. Who the hell is so, that? I, I know the company name. Yeah? But... I don't know. It obviously is like a creature. Not a creature creature. It's like a monster flick, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up hear we got a film called Coherence. It looks fucking spacey, bizarre, kind of weird shit. Now, this one is released by a company I have no idea. They're like Oscilloscope? Oscilloscope Laboratories? Oh, Labatorts. come
3: on, man. I know that company. They released, uh, We Need to Talk About <laughs> Kevin and
1: Rare Exports and... Oh, fuck, totally. That's why I need, I look at the... <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, I have Rare Exports. Yeah, that Kevin film. I need to check that out. That man. movie is
3: <clears throat> fucked up. I would have yeah, I, I put that on my fucked up list, but it's not horror, so I couldn't... I know.
1: actually have it on a list to buy. I've had it on there for a long time and I always forget about it, but... Um, yeah, coherence. So it could be a cool title. Yep. That company does release some pretty wo- good ones. Oh, cool, fucking awesome. Cool. Um, and then next up, we got uh, I guess the the biggest blockbuster fucking horror flicked, uh, flicked flick of 2014, which is the uh, the prequel to The Conjuring, which is Annabelle on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, I've seen multiple people show this off already, so they're obviously getting free copies in the mail.
3: Um, <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> enough said.
1: But. Uh, uh yeah annabelle's coming out on dvd and blu-ray so if you're a fan of that pick it up i, I personally who... did not give a shit about that i fucking did not care for that right? movie at all yeah it was it was my least favorite film i, I didn't say it was like a terrible film it's just my least favorite um and then of course this is one that we've talked about multiple multiple times actually it was just brought up a couple minutes ago by jeremy and that's No Malone, yeah. starring Vern troy finally
3: <laughs> getting released
1: Oh my god! This movie just looks so fucking. I, you know, I think I'm gonna buy two
0: copies. You can get it for 19.99 on Amazon.com. Yeah, deal. twenty bucks is ridiculous. <laughs>
3: Lionsgate will be a buck fifty at Family Video. Then I'll buy yeah. it.
1: This one, I believe, is cheaper on .ca. I'd have to check that out. Don't quote me on that, but I swear it was cheaper than twenty bucks. But it's probably more expensive. It's probably 26.99 on .ca. Um, next up here, we got uh, another release uh, from Ryan Nicholson called Caller. Uh, of course, this has already been released, but this is the limited nude edition, and that's just re- pertaining to the cover. So we got some nudity on the cover, and it says also includes fadge. Uh, uh, I, I don't know; it doesn't show it on here. <laughs> it's
3: just, uh, message but, Ryan and ask him.
1: But uh, we, um, it also comes with the CD soundtrack, so that's you know kind of a bonus thing, I guess. Maybe some special features. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, Which is cool. I like Caller. It was a fun film. Uh, Next up, we got a film called Battle Droid. Uh, This movie looks absolutely fucking terrible. That
3: sounds like an Asylum film.
1: It's released by Tomcat.
3: What the fuck's that?
1: Tomcat releasing, and I'm assuming that's real. So I don't know. It just looks really, really bad. This one's interesting. Uh, in the House of Flies is getting an American release. Of course, this has been distributed by the Canadian label Black Fawn Distribution. Uh, I don't like the cover. I don't know if this is going to be the cover art for the American release. I really do not like this cover. I like the cover art in the Canadian one way better. But it's being released by Parade Deck Films. Cool. Um, not really too sure. But uh, yeah, anyways, In the House of Flies. Maybe I really
3: released Disco Path too. I'm sure they're probably – I want to see that instantly. flick, Damn.
1: <laughs> it's cool stuff. Um Next up, here we go. <laughs> this one actually made me laugh. Uh, I gotta say, man, it's called a date with ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, the tagline's so bad too. It's called "All are welcome, none will leave."
0: Oh, I'm wow. sure that tagline has been used before. There's no way somebody did not come up with that tagline a million times already.
1: I know it's so bad, and of course it's being released by Wild Eye, which is interesting. You know, they're very hit and miss with their titles sometimes, but they have released a lot of good stuff. But. They've been pumping out a lot of releases as of late, and I don't think some of them are, you know, the greatest, but... Going for seen qu- quantity
0: over quality, huh?
1: I think so. I think that's kind of... I mean, before, when they when they were releasing stuff a few years back, it was, you know, their titles were very not... They were very sporadic, you know, just one here, one there. They're picking up steam, and though. Picking up steam, though. Um, next up here, we got a film called Lizzie Borden's Revenge. What's with all the Lizzie Borden films, yeah, man? man. Like, here's a sequel. Obviously, I'm... Um, I'm assuming. Uh it's released by Tomcat releasings.
3: Same company you just said, right?
1: Yeah. So that's uh Lizzie Borden's Revenge. Interesting. Weird. Um <clears throat> then of course we have our fucking weekly possession film. Possession, the Inglota Within. The Seriously? Fuck? Inglota is this a Within? Lionsgate? What the it's... fuck is this, man? It's it's released by Hangover House. I was
3: gonna say that sounds like a Lionsgate type of yeah. movie
1: hangover house so dude, i don't know Ugh. what the fuck's going on with that okay so in the last like year and a half two years whatever we've had like three or four hansel and gretel films that have come out like hansel and gretel witch hunters hansel and gretel fucking get, blah, baked. Blah, get baked. there's so many of them uh this one right here is called hansel verse gretel <laughs> like, oh,
3: right? that's a new one
1: yep. it's an asylum oh of course Oh, it's an asylum film oh it is an asylum film of course it is blood runs thick
0: range (laughs) pg-13
3: oh no Uh, seriously garbage
1: okay well let's forget about that one uh then we got uh this i thought this was an odd release actually uh the thanks killing dvd combo pack which is you know the first and second one which is the third one first and third (laughs) uh the storylines that's a good Um,
0: release because it's only 14 dollars, which is like the price of one of them
1: yeah exactly so the price is right for this i'm, I'm wondering if they, they have like a bunch of new special features and stuff on it but who knows um thanksgiving uh, complete collection <laughs> and then of course we got a film called wolves because there seems to be a lot of werewolf films coming out i think that this a, one actually
0: got good reviews though
1: really i just it's wow it's like really i getting, could be wrong a lot of fucking <laughs> it says studio but studio is ketchup Okay, I don't think that's real. Wait, um, they say what? It says that it's being released by Ketchup.
3: What the fuck?
0: <laughs> yeah, Amazon, you can't always receive, <clears throat> like, 1-800-Prime CDs, which is, like... Some...
1: <laughs> exactly. It's fucking ridiculous. But anyways, yeah, so another werewolf film. Um, then we got a film called The Atticus Institute. Which uh, I've been
0: getting press releases for that film, like, since it's been thought of. And I actually think I actually, like... It sounded awful ever since, like, I first, like, read about it. But I think that I read a positive review, the first review that I seen for it. Like, I don't read the reviews. I just look at them and then see what they rated it just so I can get a vibe.
1: Yeah, this one looks bad all around. It's got terrible cover art. Uh, The name is whatever. But it says, from the producer of The Conjuring and Annabelle. Of course. Not not selling me right there. But then the tagline is, possesses the possession. (laughs) So... Really, there's something that's possessing the possess. What? Okay, whatever. It's
3: a possession film inside of a possession film.
1: That's that really actually
0: isn't that dumb.
1: That's actually <laughs> an interesting. No, no, it's just it's an interesting premise actually. If that's what it is, uh, then we got a film by Alan Robbe-Grillet, which I'm a big, big fan of this French director, and it's called La Belle Captive,
0: which I already uh, have, but I can't watch. What the fuck is the point of getting things early if you can't even watch them? It's just French. Yeah.
1: I guess you should yes, probably it just send, my send it my way to go. No, no,
0: no. You send it to me. I'm the French
3: fucker.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I watch
3: all the French films. Come on. Mm-hmm.
1: No, uh, I don't think anyone has more French films than me. But I'm a big fan of Alan Robay of Chile. I have like all his other movies. So. released it, JP? All of them. All of. It's Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, I'm really curious on this one, man, because he's been doing films for a long time. long, long time. And uh, he's a very interesting director. Uh, love him. So let us know how that one is. Uh, then we got a film called "Where the uh, Safe Word." Safe Word, and this is being released by shit. I don't know who the fuck this is being released by. Uh, R Squared Films Incorporated. That sounds made up too. Come on, <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> fuck's sakes.
0: Well, some are <laughs> killing me. Yeah, they're
1: killing think. me with these. I don't know. Safe Word. It looks like it kind of looks like a sexual. If it's too much, just say the safe word. It looks like a torture film. Yeah. So. so uh I don't really know what to think about that one, but uh, I mean that's what I got for releases this week. You guys have any more that oh. I didn't
0: name off? Uh no. Nope.
1: All right. So that's going to do it for the uh January 20th, 2015 it's picking up DVD again. Blu-rays. Yeah, it's definitely definitely picking up, uh, which is good, you know. Um not really a, like this week. I mean, I don't know, man, besides the La Captive and like no Malone. I don't know. There's not <laughs> a whole lot that I really want this
2: week. But. I mean, there, there's alone. not a whole
0: lot of good things being released. I mean, the the Thanks Killing set's nice. Uh, we don't know about Wolves because, um, for some I mean, reason, I already have I feel both like the
1: I, I'm not going to grab this set because I already have both the movies. But you know, for some yeah. people that don't, it, it's probably a really, really good way to get them. You know, and
0: the Atticus Institute. You know, we're judging a book by the cover there, but I mean. It could be all right. We never. Know. or
3: Bay, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But I do recommend in the House of Flies. Uh, it's a good film. So you Americans out there that are listening, you have a release for it now. Uh, definitely give it a shot. It's a it's a pretty cool film. I, I enjoyed it. So, um, but yeah, that's gonna do it for the releases. <clears throat> and moving along, uh, we did have a question this week from a man, Dylan. Uh, yeah, JP, do you got that question?
0: He says, off the top of your head, could you guys explain one or two of your favorite what the fuck moments while watching a movie? Maybe an unexpected, hilarious scene that you died laughing at or a ridiculous part in a movie where you were ang- you angrily threw your hands up and said, what the fuck was that? <laughs> now, I thought it was interesting, man,
1: because Dylan actually mess- messaged me and he said, you know, the, the questions stem from a-, a time that we were watching films together over my house and we were watching Sloppy the Psychotic. And there's a part in that film where it gets really, really fucking brutal towards the end and, and kind of out of line a little bit. Very distasteful by some people's standards, but <laughs> the clown starts, like, massacring kids. And he grabs this one kid and he throws him on the barbecue and he starts on fire and he shuts the lid and smoking everywhere. And we literally had to pause the movie. We were laughing so fucking hard, like r- like tears down our face. <laughs> we were dying laughing, but I'm assuming this is what he's referring to, like, these t- kind of, like, what the fuck, like... Awesome happy moments.
3: Does it have to be brutal or does it
1: have to be a no, no, just a what the fuck moment dude. just Just type type of what the fuck moments i have one about Ricky o, the the of Ricky o, because the of time i watched the movie time I watched that movie I didn't really know what i was really myself what I and, you know, all of a sudden, like, the action picks up and then dude starts, like, punching through people's heads and bodies and shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit, man? That movie blew my socks off. I was like, this is the most outrageous, ridiculous gore ever in a film. It's <laughs> so fucking awesome. But, yeah, if you don't know what you're getting yourself into when you watch Ricky O, you're probably going to have, like, holy fuck, what the fuck is this type thing, but yeah, I don't know, that's one of mine. You guys I, laughed, have some?
3: I laugh with Christmas Eve and that with the fucking the black Santa Claus. You guys <laughs> notice that when they're like on the fucking uh, I have to think about it.
0: Uh. Well obviously like the biggest what the fuck moment in horror history I think is sleepaway camp. <clears throat> and Jesus what the fuck man. I mean that's just that's just one of those moments where you don't even know how to process anything. Your brain's just like tricked
1: yeah yeah um <clears throat> of course of course At I think a saw one. is pretty what the fuck
0: yeah that's like a what the fuck like twist
3: yeah
1: <clears throat> i had one that uh you know it's a you know a holiday horror comedy based i know one yeah
0: um when freddy pulls out the trusty power glove Ah, <laughs>
1: wow, you're playing with oh. power.
0: Dude, it's like what the fuck? is a what the
1: fuck moment. I'm like what the f-? exactly. I always say what the fuck. Even this day, I've seen the movie fucking tons of times. Um, yeah, beginning of Santa Slay, man. It was one of those like awesomely Just like that up. hilarious moments. You know, the yeah, open, that's uh, a, that's it, a
0: good what the fuck.
1: Because, like, you know, you see all these actors you recognize, and then the shit goes down, and you're like, you start laughing so hard, and you're like, okay, that's fucking gnarly. That was a great opening. One of the best opening scenes I've seen in a horror film in a long, long time, man. Really, really good stuff. But yeah, it was kind of like, what the fuck moment, too, because, you know, these recognizable faces, you're like, oh, these are the characters. Not really. (laughs) Good stuff there.
0: Yeah, definitely plenty of what the fuck moments. I'd probably have to sit on it for a while to really think of something. Yeah, opening of stitches.
3: It's pretty funny.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah. With
3: man. the knife, it's funny. that it's
1: funny, dude. When he slips, oh, dude, so good. <laughs>
0: there, there's a few yeah. different kinds of what the fucks too, because there's like, there's the shocking like, the ones. the ending that. of Friday Five, for example, was more like a what the fuck,
1: you know? Yeah, those <laughs> kind of shocking endings where you're just like, what the seriously? Or like, there's multiple times in in films where you like, um like, a character that you never expected to die in that order of the film, and then they die, like, say, too soon in the film? Yeah. You ever have, like, one of those moments? I remember we talked about this with, uh, with the movie Beneath. Remember the, the girl from, um, Seventh Heaven? You know, she yeah. was kind of, like, the most notable face in that film. And, you know, you kind of think that she might even be the final person or part of the final group or whatever, but unfortunately isn't. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, I think we talked about that when we did the review, like, yeah, the sequence of deaths in that film are, kind of odd you know it to me it was like what the fuck right like she was the first one mm-hmm. but. so yeah i don't know there's tons and tons of moments but yeah yeah i'll never forget that uh, sloppy the psychotic moment man fuck if you guys have seen that shit i know you would laugh because it's fucking funny
3: <laughs> well i now that i think about it i could probably think of one fucked up moment okay
2: Go ahead. massacre. <laughs> I'll
1: never actually forget the fucking... The first time I watched Cannibal Campout. Okay, that movie probably has the most distasteful ending to a film ever recorded, man. The ending of that movie is just like... I was like, holy fuck, man. Like, what is going on with that? Um, It's too bad that one didn't come up. We could have talked about that more. (laughs) Because that was actually one of the finalists for the Viewers' Choice Awards. But I always think of the ending for Cannibal Campout because it's just... Holy shit, dude. Like, Really? Like, what the fuck, man? Like, crazy motherfuckers. But, yeah, I don't know. So, hope that answered the question, Dylan. We can discuss that later on at our next uh, marathon, you know. But,
0: uh, yeah. So, uh, did we have a voicemail, JP? We do have a voicemail from, you guys want to guess?
4: Dylan.
0: Uh, I'm going to say.
3: Fucking Brandon.
0: Uh, Brandon? You are Brandon? correct. Brandon, once again, not disappointing. He's here weekly. Uh, we should just call this segment Brandon's segment. <laughs> yeah,
1: Brandon's actually the you know the fourth. He's the unofficial fourth member I of think we uh, scared everybody the 22 al- Shots of
0: moots and Horror.
3: I think we scared everybody away because we don't want to make fun of them like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So nobody calls in besides Brandon. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, and the corndog one. And corndog.
3: Yeah, so. Yeah.
0: Well, here's Brandon anyway.
6: Hey guys, it's Brandon calling in. Just wanted to say hi and tell you that uh, shows have been great of late. I'm really enjoying the four hour plus shows. Um, (laughs) I really have a big question for this week, but I wanted to continue my tradition of calling in and plead to the others to call in. Um, Don't be afraid to go to Yeah, fuckers. They're a little hesitant because of that first caller, whoever called in, and Jeremy ripped them a new one, but that was funny, so. <laughs> Keep calling in. I guess, uh, my question, uh, let me think of one, um,
0: <laughs> on the spot. I
6: guess, any guilty pleasure movies that you're embarrassed to admit that you like? I mean, most of these movies that we watch, a lot of them are guilty pleasure movies, but, for me, one film that I know everybody hates, and I kind of enjoyed it, and that's Lady in the Water. Thanks. <laughs> I actually like, and like films, um, I'm not going to defend the film to anyone because everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but he personally, I liked it. I don't know why, but I did. Maybe it was Paul Giamatti's performance. Um, yeah, also a film like Zombie Lake is another one I can think of that I really enjoyed. That It's just awful, but for some reason, I just want to watch it again. Uh, that's it. Talk to you guys soon. Take care.
1: <laughs> man, Zombie Lake's a great choice, man. That movie... Oh, God. Peggy, you, you don't like it? No, it's, it's, it's fucking, it's terrible, but it's so much fun. I know exactly what he's talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, uh yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. So what do you guys, what do you guys come up with?
0: Halloween 6. Uh, I mean, honestly, I love the Fright Night remake. You did not <laughs> just say that. You're going to piss off moods. Oh, I do all the time.
1: God, I, always, oh, I don't know how this always gets brought up, but man, do I ever hate that movie! It's n- no, yeah. really it's guilty pleasure, man. Oh, getting back to the Zombie Lake, yeah. If if that's like your first time you've ever seen a Gene Roland film, you know, mm-hmm. definitely go back and check out his like good films. Because <laughs> I've heard this from people before. They're like, I checked out a Gene Roland film, it was Zombie Lake. I'm like, oh no, no, I got to stop you right there. You have to go back and watch his older vampire films. They're really good, man. You know, so just on that note, but. Uh, Guilty pleasures? I don't know, man. That's a hard I don't really, one. I don't really feel guilty watching anything because of the type of films that I generally watch anyways. Um, I just love the genre so much that it, I don't really feel guilty for watching anything. You should feel I'm...
0: guilty for rating Mutantis a 5.5. 5. <laughs> there you go. Bring up Mutantus again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this will be the first of many times tonight. Uh, but yeah,
1: I don't know, man. Um, I mean, there's films that uh, I know that are you know historically not great that you know i've watched over and over again and it's more probably due to like shot on video films that i've watched over and over again like the woman you know? yeah
0: well the thing is <laughs> the guilty woman. pleasure is a definition of something that it really shouldn't like guilty has nothing to do with it like it's not a direct like like i
3: feel guilty for watching yeah
0: it. like even like the definition i uh, i is about it being something that you like that is generally held in high that is not generally held in high regard. So it's just something that you like that you shouldn't. Uh, That's, that's my definition of a guilty pleasure. And I, whenever I think, whenever I think of like the term guilty
1: pleasure and related to horror and stuff like that, I always think of like Bruno Matai films, you know, like hell of the living dead always cracks me up because with all the stock footage and it's like, it's really a piss poor film, but it's, it's ultimately super fun to watch. like, I most like the House of remake. Films.
3: That movie always gets shit on. Like, you know what? I
1: actually like that movie, too. I did like <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I like that first out. too. It actually grew on me with multiple watches. It's actually not that bad it's to watch. It's actually really...
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's not as good as the Fright Night remake, but it's... Just, it's, it's, it's,
1: it's <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Okay. <laughs> Fuck Colin Farrell in that fucking movie. dun 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 dun
0: Yeah, oh, but okay. my guiltiest of pleasures... Um, are probably, like, the Children of the Corn films. Like, obviously, the first one's good. But I actually like maybe three or four of the other ones, too. Which is crazy, I know, right?
1: Well, you know, to me, it's not that odd, because I actually do like... I think I like the first, like, five movies in the (laughs) Children of the Corn franchise. Like, I can watch the movies. Like, I know they're not great, but I don't mind them. They're okay. So. Um, it's got some interesting you know appearances by people too I think like this yeah, like is in one has, of them
0: and uh what's her name uh the blonde from yeah I, I,
1: I know who you're talking about yeah can't think of her but
0: uh yeah I don't know man those movies are like they're okay <laughs> I think I think watching them now with like a critical eye, like if we did a show on them or something, we'd like really hate them by the end of it. But um, I, for some reason, like part two, I've been is has been a go to of mine since I was a kid. I love that one. <laughs> you know,
1: you know, speaking of franchise ones and stuff, but one movie that I always kind of have like an interesting bond with is uh, Bride of Chucky because I remember seeing this movie um, with my buddy and his girlfriend at the cinema, and I, yeah, I was triking it that day. And, uh, but anyways, it just, oh, I fucking, third wheel, it was, I, it. I don't know. Yeah. third wheel. <laughs> I, was tri- I was triking it and, um, that was funny. but it, it was funny because they both fucking hated the film and I swear it made me like it more just because I'm like, that better than C fuck-
3: that's for sure. Well, yeah, oh, fuck, I actually yeah. didn't
1: mind right. Like they're just like, I mean, man, it was didn't- fucking fucking terrible and then I was like you know what I liked it I liked it you know I thought John Ritter's death was awesome I mean the whole premise of the film was fucking retarded really stupid stupid. as fuck but you know it was entertaining and you know I don't you know I guess it's kind of a guilty pleasure because I I could watch that movie you know and you know enjoy it so that's another one that is generally hated by a lot of people I think also maybe you know going back to the Blair Witch uh, conversation too, Blair Witch 2 which is yeah. mostly I'd universally too, all hated. the time i would say more people dislike part two than actually like it so
0: yeah definitely definitely but i, th- I feel I th- like th- i it's it's a good it's a good fun time that's definitely one that i always get to on my like underrated or like guilty pleasure list because brother which Two is is a lot of fun i
1: remember i remember having this conversation one one time with clive craven and uh do you remember what his answer was jp the first movie that he said
0: guilty pleasures
1: no yeah because we were talking, I think it was like pre-game on one of the burial grounds episodes that we did and stuff. And Clive said, he goes, he like snapped, answered too. It was fucking so funny. Remember when he said Texas Chainsaw, Ch- Texas Chainsaw uh, Massacre Four? Oh yeah, yeah, I do. Remember and he's that. like, I love that movie. And it's like, it told, I was like, fuck. And then we got into this conversation. I was like, you actually like that film? It's like, I can't, dude. I think that movie sucks. Like, I just cannot get I, into but it. But I can man,
0: kind but. of understand it at the same time because. Like I will watch Chainsaw 4 Like and I won't and, I'll, and I won't hate it Like I won't hate the experience Like I know it's a terrible movie And it's bad And it's way worse than 3D Um, But like I don't know Like I can watch it It's not one that I dread to watch Like so I kind of can agree with that a little bit But it's a terrible movie It's way worse than 3D I feel like I have to keep stressing that Because nobody believes me
2: <laughs> yeah Yeah <laughs>
0: There we go it's coming
1: it's coming
2: <laughs> It's just <a Chainsaw> massacre
1: <laughs> Oh god I don't know man I like I I don't I, I just have a hard time answering the question I'm trying to think of films that like I think I've seen too many times we we were just talking about this um before about films like, that I watched like Leprechaun 4 Yeah like I mean but the thing is I actually don't really like that film though. It's on a good. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. actually don't like that one. Leprechaun
0: so. in the Hood. In the Hood.
1: Yeah, that Close that's actually good. Pete. That's a good example because I do like that film, and it's generally a pretty shit film, you know, and really not liked by a lot of people. So I do enjoy it. I actually like Back to the Hood too. Just fucking. I back. like
0: Back to Back to the Hood. I think I rated high. Like I don't feel <laughs> really like In the Hood. Yeah, that's funny. Um,
1: I don't know. There's a couple of howling. Um, you know uh sequels too that I really like too. But uh I don't know. I don't know if I feel guilty. I don't know the whole the whole guilty pleasure thing just confuses me a little bit. So yeah. don't I mean, list it
0: I, as like value like word. Just think yeah, of it as a film it. that's generally not liked. Yeah. Um I don't even know. I don't know. I think we listed off a pretty good amount. Yeah. True that, true that. So you I guess like
3: return what is it return
1: retard dead yeah retard dead retard dead is so much fun that movie is retarded (laughs) it's actually fun i think that's actually brain damage release it's fucking it's about retarded zombies (laughs) like seriously you know you know they came up with the title retard dead and just rolled with it man Yeah, yeah it's
3: like monster Terror.
1: Monster. monster monstered.
3: Monster. that's another one i love
1: man monster man i was watching that shit with my wife <laughs> pun intended <laughs> uh, i was watching that movie with my wife one time and she was like she looks at me she goes what the fuck is wrong with you you <laughs> literally said that to me she's like you're watching a movie about a giant piece of shit that's killing people and i'm like what is wrong with that and she's, she's just shaking her and she's fucking – she's doing work on her computer or whatever. She keeps looking up and laughing. I'm like, you're enjoying it. You like this shit too. Pun intended again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was fucking – that was a funny time.
0: I can only imagine the stuff that Aaron walks into. Oh, my god. She has had these moments. I wish
1: I could capture her one the of her facial moments, huh? expressions. She's said that so many times to me. But the look on her face, the time that she walked in when we were watching fucking uh, uh, August Underground, she was like oh, looking god. at me going – She didn't even say anything. What a great date night flick. She looked at me and then was like – looked at the stairs, kind of started to look back at me and then just bolted up the stairs.
0: Listen, (laughs) I recommended Maniac, the remake, to this girl Chris at work and she looked at me like I was a crazy lunatic. So like I I couldn't even imagine like telling somebody to watch something like August Underground. Was that that the
1: look of – she's seen the film and she's like, why are you recommending me that insane film?
0: No, she went and watched it, and with her husband, and then she came back and was like, "I hate you." Kind of like, fucking with me. Like, are you are you okay? Do you need to see somebody? <laughs> I was wow, like, that it's shit's not, not even that, even that bad. bad. <laughs> I know. Crazy. We all know what
3: I've taken my mom to. We all. Know. I, I,
0: I've
1: really got into the habit. Like I've I've talked about this before. Of recommending people gutter balls.
0: That's, all the time. I would never recommend somebody gutter balls.
1: Oh, I do. I I told my parents to watch it one time. <laughs> Why? <laughs> they Unfortunately, they didn't. Dude, watch I
0: told you, you we were downtown
3: one night. Me and my mom for, for something.
1: <clears throat> it's like want to go see a
3: movie. It's like okay. So I look at my phone. It was like I don't know. It was like ten thirty. I was like okay. If you want to wait till midnight, we could go see Pink Flamingos. She's like what's that? It's like oh, it's John. Wa- it's John Waters' first movie. You know, I've taken my mom to quite a lot of crap before in the past. Yeah, so we went and saw Pink Flamingos, and it was. I think that was probably the worst movie I've taken my mom to. And I've taken her to some, some interesting things.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't recommend seeing Pink Flamingos with your mom like I did. I mean I could watch anything with my mom pretty much and it wouldn't be it would like I wouldn't be weirded out or anything but
3: Uh Pink Flamingos has a guy laying on his back gaping his asshole, so I think
0: Yeah, uh, probably wouldn't affect, affect me. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but
3: You have to sing Pink Flamingos. The movie is goofy. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm just droopy. saying,
0: like, like when I think of other people's parents, I don't think of them as the same as mine. So my mom's chill, like I said, she'll she'll watch anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recommended my dad watch uh, Life and Death of a Porno Gang one oh, time, and uh, he actually did watch it. He was he was house sitting my house for me, and uh, he I was like, hey dad, you know what do you think of the film? And he's he texts me back, and he's like, you're fucking sick. <laughs> What was that movie? What was I that literally movie that... lost my shit for about 20 minutes. I was bawling. I was on the ground just howling. I was fucking, I was like a little four-year-old. I was pissing my pants. What was that one and that... i like, so dad, how'd you like the the horse-sucking cock scene? And he's just like dot, dot, dot. What was the one that you're
3: like, you Dylan came and he watched and then he's like, he, he told you, like, he's like, he said something about it. Remember you telling me that story? Like, somebody came to your house and they picked a random movie off the yeah, shelf. Yeah, you, to,
0: you told me that, too. I forget what film it was. And,
3: and they texted you, you're like, I just watched this movie. And you're like, what do you think about it? And then they told you, like, they told you something
1: funny. I can't remember what movie it was now. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to read stories. Fuck. I'm wondering if it was, like, was it a Lucer Valentine film or something? Oh, like yeah, that? that was it.
3: It was like, Slaughter Climate I, I think. I yeah, think it was Slaughter Yeah, he didn't care yeah. for
1: it, he did not care for the film. At all. Yeah, because we were so, talking about that last I mean, week. it's definitely an acquired taste. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs>
5: um,
1: but yeah, I don't know. Those ones are definitely not for everybody. <laughs> now, that would just be mean to like recommend those type of films to people. Hey, you want you want to watch Slaughter? Volume? Yeah, I wouldn't
3: recommend that to my mom. No. No. That's not what.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. I like getting my dad on that shit though he's got a he's got a pretty good sense of humor but like he, we were actually I was at my parents house for dinner last weekend and we were talking about film again because the fucking awards were on and stuff and I was like antiviral got brought up again because my mom really enjoyed it and my dad fucking hated it he's like what the fuck is wrong with you and I'm like dad you have to admit that movie was pretty damn original it's pretty cool He yeah. was like yeah but he's like it's so bizarre and I'm like that's what's good about it you know it's different and it's weird it keeps you intrigued and you want to see the end of the film
0: yeah, that's what's I'm good about to... it, but the storytelling was lacking.
1: Yeah, fuck, whatever, JP. But
3: uh, I get that sand out of your vagina.
1: But like, it, it was just kind of funny, and he's just like, you know, that's the type of shit that I make my parents watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the most part, they get a little pissy with me. Actually, but... I
3: should probably show my mom Antifiral. I think she would like that movie. It's not yeah. too hardcore
0: or anything. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that was our first first featured review, I believe. Yep. Actually, I think it was. Yeah.
3: Back in episode two.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. fucking episode crazy.
1: Two. So episode forty, Episode forty. <laughs> i just like saying that, you know, because I'm gangsta like that. Fody foam right. Mag. Alrighty, So moving along with mood swings, uh, I guess we get into the uh, corners report. Thank you for the voicemail, Brandon. Everybody yeah. else, please follow suit.
3: We promise we won't Texas Chainsaw Massacre you.
1: Yes, you guys, you can definitely phone in just – leave whatever message don't feel that you're going to get your ass blasted apart Yeah, and but, if you like, mess it up for some people.
0: reason just tell me and then I won't play it you know yeah. I'm not going to be a dick and go like corndog asked us not to play a message before and we didn't so
3: just don't like call <laughs> and say like three words and like leave on the rest of the voicemail for like three minutes because <laughs> then we're going to rip you a new asshole so
1: we'll, a peace flamingo's asshole
3: yeah at least at least say you fucked up and then
1: we won't fuck with you all right, so the uh, Corners Report, Weird Stats and Morbid Facts from Rue Morgue is coming from the two or the 2012 November issue with uh, the master himself, Donald Pleasant's on the cover. I don't know why I tell you guys that every time. It's not like you can fucking see it. It's weird. You get the point. Uh, but you know what? I just – I like to do that. Uh, Maybe you we want
0: to go pick up the magazine. I like that you do that too because it kind of shouts out the issue. Uh uh-huh. us okay. a good image
1: cool all right so now i picked this one solely because i was reading through it and i was like oh this is awesome this will make for a funny conversation because of where it happens and and when i when i first read this i just instantly thought of well i'll get into it in a minute here anyways jeremy can appreciate this all right in june of course in 2012 uh in june two children were tied up and had duct tape placed over their eyes before they were abandoned in the parking lot of an Illinois Walmart. Jeremy, let me continue. Mm-hmm. When authorities tracked down the parents, they learned that that the family believed demons had taken the children's bodies.
3: So they left them at Walmart, the most evil place on earth?
1: That's what <laughs> I said. I said the fucking same thing. I'm like, they left them at the most evil place in the world. <laughs> That's funny that you, got on, you caught on to that right away. But I thought it was funny because it was like Illinois' Walmart. And it was funny because when I first uh, met Jeremy in Chicago, like pretty much the first thing we did was I had to go to Walmart. (laughs) So the first thing I thought of was like the Walmart by Jeremy's place. And I was like, this is where they left these kids.
3: Gotta get combos and blue moon.
1: It's the way combos, blue moon, and I think pit stick because I forgot my pit stick.
3: And and flu. You bought
0: flu too.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I I just thought that was pretty interesting. Pit stick.
3: deodorant
1: deodorant that's no, what they
0: call thing. it up in Canada. <laughs> no that's just
1: the word i use for it. pit stick deodorant whatever you want to call it um trust me i use words that uh that are cool like pit stick who the fuck says deodorant
0: Seriously. i've never heard somebody ever say pit stick <laughs>
1: Because well, it it's goes in
0: your pit, and it's a stick. I know, but it's funny. I just <laughs> can't understand
3: that.
1: It's just. A, it's just I get a, it. It works. It's a, it's, it's a gangster slang heard. term. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I don't know. Um, but I learned. I learned later. Later learned. Oh my god, I can't talk. That uh, you know, these kids were actually from Jeremy's immediate family.
0: So yeah,
3: I'd love to see what Walmart is I'll have to do some research on that one
0: isn't that fucking funny though i'd love to find to like an on location scouting report it's like and this is where they was dropped off welcome to the moods welcome to moods is morbid fact on the scene
3: we're on the scene
0: footage style yeah (laughs) man i fucking i think i I, I see a piece of duct tape on the ground still here yeah i love that so you can hear them at, at the scream
1: I love that, Jeremy, that you fucking caught on to the most evil place on Earth.
0: Yeah, but I wonder
3: if, <laughs> if it's such a traumatic experience that they have to leave this.
2: Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: <laughs> Alrighty, so that's going to do it for uh, this week's edition of Mood Swings. Alrighty, uh, so getting into our segment reviews. Um, yeah, everybody knows what our segment reviews is. Who wants to start off? Jeremy, you want to start this week?
3: Sure, like I do every week. All right. So this week's Jeremy's Midnight Movie, which I hope I said it right this time, JP, is a film from the year 2014 that I think Moots talked about a little while ago when it first got released. That's a film titled Beneath. Now, when this film came out and it had some talk going on when we first heard the synopsis and things like that, the film actually sounded pretty fucking cool um, because it basically takes place... Thanks. <laughs> totally, thanks for totally shitting on my segment. Uh, the film basically takes place uh, in a, a coal mine, so we follow this woman. Uh, you know me. I, I, I'm shitty with character names. So we follow this woman who's from New York, who comes back to visit this town that she used to live in, where her dad is retiring, who is a uh, head. You know, I think he's like the manager of a coal mine. So all the guys uh, are like harassing her and things like that one night when they're at a bar saying that, oh, she's from a big city and she wouldn't survive a day down in the coal mine. So, of course, they, you know, fuck around with her and she ends up uh, agreeing to go down in the mine for her dad's last day. So they go down, and it's a really, really awesome. Uh, I, you find out in the special features, it's actual. It's an actual set, and it's not actually a coal mine, which is kind of disappointing. Because I it would kind of be kind of cool if they actually went down a coal mine. You got that type of feel and things like that. But unfortunately, it was just entire sets and things like that. So they go down in a coal mine, and um, they're drilling into this huge wall, and. It goes directly through and makes like a crack in this certain cavern and something evil gets released from this crack in this cavern and it that's the main main problem I have with this film because we don't know what this fucking thing is what this monster is or whatever it is um, we never see it and the only thing we see is like these the characters getting like turned into zombie like character creatures which really doesn't make any sense to me maybe I'm missing something or something like that, but we don't know what kind of creature or what's really going on. It's kind of a loophole in the story. We never learn what's going on. It's just the main, main, main issue I had with the film. But besides that, um, it was interesting. It's definitely an original idea. I can't really think of any other films besides uh, My Bloody Valentine, which takes place in a mine, which My Bloody Valentine really doesn't take place entirely in a coal mine like this film does. Well, supposedly takes place
1: in a coal mine. And um, Yeah, those were actually sets that they built for that film yeah that's what I said if you were fucking listening well I'm just I'm yeah, <laughs> my buddy Valentine was actually real fucking, yeah,
3: yeah, so <clears throat> um this one i uh it really didn't live up to the hype in my opinion, I was really looking forward to this one to check it out uh it it was definitely an interesting idea, but I think it fell short with not knowing what kind of creature this thing is and what's happening to these people. All they basically do is they run out of air and they go insane and they turn into like these zombie like creatures and that's pretty much it um I wouldn't recommend it. I gave it a five out of ten it's average
1: hmm yeah interesting <clears throat> I don't know man i I figure that uh i I understand there's a lot of you know unexplained things in the film that definitely could hinder the overall product of the film um but at the same time i I think that I mean, do you really need to know? I mean, the way I see the film is that I kind of look at it like you know, okay, they're running out of oxygen, and Mm -hmm. you know, it's very, it's depriving them, right? When you run out of oxygen and stuff, like you know, things are going to happen and stuff like that. I think that's (laughs) kind of the point. It would be nice to know exactly what the what the creature, you know, those type of things would be.
3: Yeah, because it's like it's 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 breaking the oxygen tank. We really don't know who's breaking. Like they're in like this like this enclosure. Which is mm-hmm. like – which is really cool. I've never even seen one of those, even heard of that kind of thing. But it's like yeah, this yeah. enclosure that you go into and it has oxygen and all this stuff in case things like this happens because you know, in real oh. life it actually does happen. So uh, when they're in this enclosure, of course, somebody steals the oxygen tanks and it's kind of predictable as it is. I knew that shit was going to happen and everything like that. But
1: but there's a lot of the things that are going on are kind of hard to explain and stuff too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean the thing for me is that it was entertaining Enough, even though there was a lot of open ended questions. You mm-hmm. know, I think it, they left it open for a lot of interpretation. Maybe that's what their point was, or maybe they just really didn't know what they had. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, and the
3: ending was like, oh, God, I saw this coming the first five minutes of the fucking
1: film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the um, ending was
3: way, way too predictable for my.
1: I didn't mind it, though. Like I, like I said, I was really entertained by it, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there I had the same kind of issues with it, too, just being some questions that I would like to have answered, you know? I understand the people going nuts due to the lack of oxygen and stuff. Like, I mean, I understand that kind of yeah, yeah. angle and stuff, but, you know, if there was something living down there and what they're doing and stuff, it's like, what the fuck was it? You mm-hmm. know, was it supposed to be? I mean, they they do kind of like get the main, at it, though. The major
3: thing that I think would be, like, the ghosts from those miners,
1: well, that's. I think that's what it was sp- supposed to be, uh-huh. but they never really kind of. Yeah. yeah, I understand what you're saying, but yeah. So, would you give it five? Yeah. Cool. It's
0: quite low. Do you remember what you rated it, mode? Modes? I want
1: to say maybe like six and a half or something. I think you gave it like a seven. Yeah, I think I it's about a
0: seven. If I remember. Yeah, correctly.
1: I don't know. Like I, I thought it was pretty entertaining.
0: It, you know, it yeah, that was that does... that sucks to hear this though, because that that was one I was really excited for. Maybe you'll like have same
3: opinions as Mood does. Mood's gave. I mean, 7. it was
0: point five, seven and a half.
1: 7.5. <laughs> that's interesting. It
3: wasn't a bad movie by any means. It's just average. It had, it had some things that I thought it needed to work. Well, on. I
1: guess JP, you're going to have to rate this one now because our ratings are a world apart. It's cheap. Like, I'll grab five it for is you. average. I'd seven and a half is you know.
3: Let's see it for a buck fifty now. I'll, I'll buy it for you.
0: Yeah. You know. All right, everybody, settle
1: down.
4: Would you sit down, please? Picture, picture. You mean they're not in this class? No. Are you in this
0: class? No. You want to get out then, please? No. All right. So I guess I will go next with my segment, Horror One Hundred and One, and this is where we take a documentary based on a horror film or horror films or a genre or a person, whatevs. Just something that is a documentation of something. Yeah, whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, this week I decided to go with one that I've seen before, but it's been a couple years since I've seen it, and that's a Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue, the Evolution of the American Horror Film. So this is uh, specific America that we're talking about here. This one kind of goes through the history. It starts out with the early, early stuff, like including Edison's Frankenstein, onto uh, kind of like the the German people coming to America and making films. Uh, so, some other, uh, you know, foreigners coming in and making uh, films and influencing things. Uh, then they go to, of course, like the Universal era. Uh, and they kinda of do it in chronological order where they just kind of uh, go through each kind of big boom, uh like the the universal monsters and then in the fifties with the atomic age and the giant bugs and all of those uh you know, it came from beneath the sea and shit like that. <clears throat> and on into the, you know, modern type stuff like the sixties and then into the uh, you know, postmodern slashers, shit like you know, all that. And it it really does a good job at telling like the story uh it's kind of more of an outline you know they're barely scratching the surface sometimes but they touch on the big stuff um this is definitely a good documentary for like a new horror fan you know somebody who's like just realizing their love for horror um definitely would show them this uh I actually really like this one. They have a lot of cool – like Lance Henriksen is um, narrating. Of course, they have uh, John Carpenter talking, uh, Mick Garris, uh, George Romero, Tom McLaughlin, which I think he had a lot of cool, interesting stuff to say. Roger Corman. I really like the earlier stuff when they're kind of talking about uh, an age where I'm like really unfamiliar with, like the 50s with the atomic um craze and like the uh, giant bugs like i've seen them and i've seen the blob but there just seems like so many cool films from that era that i've like totally never seen um a lot of uh interesting uh commentary on sort of uh the metaphors and stuff for horror films um John Carpenter has a really cool couple lines where he talks about the two stories uh, you can tell a story where there's a guy sitting at a campfire talking about the evil that's out there in the woods the evil that's in the you know subway or the evil that's in you know the the arctic um, and then there's another story where there's the same guy sitting at a campfire, but he's talking about the evil that's in here, the evil that's inside of us and stuff. I thought that was a really cool. Um, w- and he obviously said that the second story is much harder to tell. Um, I thought that was like kind of a highlight because it is um, really, really, really just um, you pretty much will know most of the films that they're talking about. You know, they go through the big mainstream, uh, you know, big hits like The Exorcist and uh, you know, Psycho and and stuff like that. But there was a few that I I, I was unfamiliar with, especially in the like earlier eras. Um, just a really fun time. I, I really enjoyed this one. You need uh, to get up on your shit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> I give Nightmares in Red, White and Blue the evolution of the American horror film, which you know, I love. I love the American horror films. I know a lot of people are a lot of horror fans eventually branch out to the foreign stuff and they become, See, like, I haven't seen this one in a while, but, uh, did they talk about Jameson Massacre. any, <laughs> I believe they probably did. Yeah. I would hope so. Yeah. yeah but, uh, you know, I've always been more of like, I love the old school American horror film. Like that's my shit. Uh, that's what I grew up watching. And that's what I'm like. That's, that's, Always gonna be like my number one. I know like Moods, for example, is branched off, and he's probably more of a fan of like the Italian horror um, than the American stuff. Jeremy Lee <laughs> is French and other countries and stuff, but America really is like my favorite French films. Um, Let me my French. I give *Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue: The Evolution of the American Horror Film* an eight out of ten. I think it's a really solid documentary. Uh, I really didn't see any problems with it. They touch on like all the m- main stuff. Um, the only issue is they—they—that's they, all they do is like kind of touch on the main stuff. It's—it uh, should have been like a four-hour documentary, really, <laughs> to touch on every, to touch on more stuff. But yeah, definitely a solid watch. Yeah, I agree, man. It's a good watch.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched it in a while, though. I have to check it out again. i, I really enjoyed that one. <clears throat> good stuff. So. Bill Palmer, director of the X-rated films *Hot Summer in the City*, *Erotic Adventures of
4: Candy*, *Candy Goes to Hollywood*, and coming soon. The Longest Foot, starring John Holmes.
5: Hi, I'm Gail Palmer. I've been hired by Stallion Releasing Company to supervise the editing of this new X-rated film, The Italian Stallion, with Sylvester Stallone in the starring role as Stud. Alrighty,
1: righty, so continuing along with my uh, segment is, of course, called My Italian Stallion of the Week. Um... Like Jeremy or like JP said, you know, it has to do with Italian cinema. If you didn't get it from the title, ah, first-time listeners. Um, <laughs> of course, this one is from 2003, released by Intervision, uh, and it's a Bruno Mattei film, and it's called "In the Land of the Cannibals." Uh, this is like the second of the two released uh, by Intervision recently. So I had to check this one out, of course. Uh we all know who Bruno Matai is. He's uh <laughs> he is the master of well, whatever you want to insert adjective right there, you know. Um but yeah, in the land of cannibals, and this one follows a very, very simple premise. It's basically about a group of, you know, army GIs or whatever commandos if you want to call them. G-I-G-I. G-I-G-Is, uh commandos and whatnot. And it basically just starts out like that. Like, you know, they're you know put on this area and their goal is to rescue this uh, I love this so much on the back of the fucking DVD case it literally says uh, when a team of hard ass commandos venture deep into the Amazon jungle to rescue a senator's hot daughter (laughs) <laughs> it literally says hot daughter, hot like, daughter. oh my god that's fucking brilliant they'll trigger a bloodbath of flesh so freaking, like machete hot ripping, daughter limb hacking stock footage and sexual brutality <laughs> They put stock footage in there too so fucking great but yeah it's basically that it's a bunch of commandos that go into the jungle to rescue this daughter and of course they encounter a cannibalistic tribe and they've got a guide and stuff like that he's supposed to know what he's doing and whatnot and of course some shit goes down it's basically the premise of many many italian cannibal films um yeah this one this one's fun it's not as fun as mondo cannibal in my opinion um it's got a bunch of recognizable faces in here for all you italian uh, fans out there you'll recognize some faces in here um but uh, the problem with this film though um isn't the fact that it's actually you know (laughs) <laughs> you know it's it's a Bruno Matai film you know I'm not going to say shitty isn't shitty but you know it's not fantastic but uh, it's actually the lack of the cannibalistic scenes you know there's not really a lot of um, what do they call here uh, flesh stripping gut ripping limb hacking <laughs> you know scenes in the film yeah which is kind of disappointing you know with a title like in the land of cannibals you know you would you, you're expecting to see a lot of fucking you know nasty shit now there is a little bit but not overly that much Kind of disappointing on that level. Um, I think, honestly, the, uh, the highlights of this film are you know, just the ridiculous dubbing in this film. It's so funny. Uh, there's a black character in this film that's obviously dubbed by a white guy. Like, his <laughs> voice is so fucking white. And every time he talked, it made me laugh. I'm like, you know what? This guy was watching the film going, motherfucker, that ain't me. <laughs> that doesn't even sound anything like me. But it was making me laugh every time because it was so white. I mean, they grabbed fucking Larry from, you know, the third floor or whatever, and they're like, hey, dub this guy's voice, you know, and uh, it fucking made me laugh though, but, uh, you know, overall, it's it's very typical Italian-type jungle, low-budget film. This one looks funny. It kind of looks like an episode of The Littlest Hobo, the way it's shot. Um, the editing's very very much like Bruno Matai of course it has stock footage put in there's a scene where they come across as like Tiger and then all of a sudden it cuts the stock footage it's it's got Bruno Matai's stamp on it of course so it's it's entertaining as fuck to watch but overall you know compared to Mono Cannibal it's not really a better film I really really do prefer that one Um, but there was some pretty good moments in this one I don't really want to give anything away but you know what you're getting yourself into with this one so it's definitely above average. Um, I give this one about a 6.5 out of 10. So, you know, definitely check it out. Uh, looking forward to InterVision's actually releasing a couple more Bruno Matai films from the 2000s. So be on the lookout for those. I actually have mine on pre-order, of course, because I do. love my Italian stallions. Got right? everything
3: on pre-order.
1: Uh, but yeah, you know, um, give it a shot, man. In the land of Cannibals. It, it was fun. It was fun. So... Yeah. yeah and yeah that is going to do it for our segments uh, of course this week we are not doing what we watch so we just did our segments and getting into the main featured reviews gotta pluralize yes. that gotta pluralize that because yes it is the viewer's choice Dukes redux you know what i'm saying episode 40
5: <laughs>
1: i just love saying episode 40 it's awesome And, of course, this week's top three that were chosen were Blood Diner from 1987. Why did you
3: do that to us? Video
1: Violence, of course, from 1987, which is interesting. And Christmas Evil, of course, from 1980. Uh, Which one do we want to start with? Do we want to start with Blood Diner?
5: Sure. Sheet Car.
1: All right. So, you know what? Actually, I'm going to read off the the IMDB fucking uh, synopsis for this because it made me laugh when I was reading it. So,
4: Hello, fellow food lovers. I'm Phil Mignon, world famous gourmet. In my travels, I've sampled some of the most exquisite foods the world has to offer. That's why they've asked me to tell you all about a charming new eatery located right downtown. As uh, you can see, the atmosphere is lovely. <laughs> But, of course, the uh, finest attribute of this quaint cafe is the marvelous cuisine. <laughs> By the way, what is a special ingredient in the Tuesday Surprise? Well, if I told you that, it wouldn't be a surprise anymore, would it? Their uh, <clears throat> mouth-watering specialties... Oh ...will have you, as they say, licking your lips. ...of... Oh Only the freshest natural ingredients are selected. The first ingredients we need are two stomachs from a couple of friends. For use in their carefully guarded (coughs) recipes. I'd give my right arm for that secret recipe. Ah! Uh, Yes, the chef puts a bit of himself into every succulent dish. And he's always pleased to serve you to your friends. Uh, Shouldn't that be serve you and your friends? Uh, No. Um, Your gracious hostess will direct you to your table. Where you will dine as if there's no tomorrow. So, breeze on down and don't let any... Stand in your way. Ah! Oh, uh, this Epicurean haven is called... Blood Diner? You got that right, homo. So, this is Phil Mignon. Ah, saying, bon appétit. Oh, mommy. The Blood Diner. First they greet you, then they eat you. No one under 17 admitted. it.
1: Alright, so Blood Diner. Two cannibals slash health food diner owners are on a wacky quest to restore life to the five million year old goddess Shitar. Aided by their uncle's brain and penis, of course. um, The two set out about getting the required parts of course, virgins assorted body parts from whores and the ingredients for their blood buffet are the ingredients (laughs) for the blood buffet. Their adversaries are the police, the chief with the Russian accent, the player, the player in quotations, detective and the New York and the New Yorker with the Australian accent. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a great description, man. I fucking laughed so hard at that, but I mean, it pretty much sums it up. Blood diner is kind of like an unofficial, uh, you know, remake to Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Feast, of course, basically the exact same premise. Yeah,
3: um,
1: yeah, it's you know the exact same premise. So, um, yeah, where do you guys want to start? Who's got some thoughts?
3: Oh fuck this movie, man!
0: You know what? I'll start by saying that <laughs> it's bad. When I that first the, seen that, the, Blood Feast, that, that synopsis him, Or No, Blood just Feast. everything. <laughs> when, when I first seen Blood Diner, you know, a couple years ago i really liked it this time watching blood diner i didn't love it i think this is one of those films where you watch once and you're just kind of like taken back by just how ridiculous it is but it doesn't really convert the second time yeah yeah i mean that that, that's fair enough yeah yeah,
6: i
3: I can see where you're coming from like this was the first time i was watching it and i was into it in the beginning of it (laughs) But then it just got over the top, and well, we I don't even think starts that it gets over
0: the top. Yeah, but not <laughs>
3: like it's over the top. It's like the ending when it's like when shit starts to go down with f- <laughs> with her opening chest and things well, like
1: that. We'll get to the end of the film, but uh, <laughs> I mean the beginning film. I, I love the. I do like the opening scene, man, with yeah. the with the uncle and stuff like that. I that's, actually kind of. I
0: love that scene. Yeah, that's my yeah. favorite scene too. And
1: then it switches. The funny thing about Blood Type is that it has this like ridiculous opening scene with the uncle and stuff like that. And uh, then it switches complete tones and then it goes to like this... Like super atmospheric kind of like it's really cheesy though like you know the scene in the graveyard Mm -hmm. i just Mm -hmm. love that tone switch it's got this retarded opening (laughs) sequence and then it goes to this like atmospheric graveyard scene which isn't really the tone of the film and then it just gets real goofy from there and then introduces the characters in the restaurant and stuff like that and they're just fucking idiots one of them is obsessed with wrestling which is fucking cracks me up i thought uh, jeremy would get a kick out of that
3: i love the fat guy sitting at the fucking counter
1: Dude, his dubbing was the best in that film, too, man. It was was so off. Like, you could tell the voice that was used for him was not him. Like, because it was like, you could tell that the voice was definitely, like, a little scrawny Yeah, but even with the
3: police officer, it's like, (laughs) it was
1: terrible. Exactly, man. Oh, that's so funny. Um yeah, there's a lot of elements to this film that are ridiculous uh, and fun, but... I remember when I first seen like, I think the, the nude
0: aerobics, is... so I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> nude aerobics.
1: Dude, that scene is actually one of my favorites in the, in the film. It's like, this nude aerobics, and then no, they come scene, and just massacre the fucking shit out of that
3: it. That scene reminded me of uh, European Vacation, when <laughs> Chevy Chase and Beverly the, really the, in the in the strip club, and they come out <laughs> topless, and they start doing aerobics.
1: You know, that scene actually reminds me of, I I don't know. It just always kind of reminds me of Frank. The scene in Frankenhooker when Buddy kind of ends up blowing up all the hookers and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like a huge massacre scene in Frankenhooker. I love that man. It's fucking funny as hell. But uh, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on this one? I think honestly, this one starts out pretty decent. Yeah, I've always thought that like the first half of this film was kind of good, and <clears throat> and then kind of the middle part really really drags. I think it kind of gets a little old at times, and they're, they threw in some scenes. Like, there's a scene where the couple is, you know, having sex like out in this rocky area and whatnot. Yeah. Like, and what, and
3: yeah, just, <laughs> what the fuck was that?
1: Exactly, and I felt like that scene was completely thrown into the film to extend it. But this film could have been 20 minutes fucking shorter.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know me. I'm not. I'm not know? really into the shit type of of <laughs> cinema. That's not my my thing. I mostly would like to watch more. Uh, artistically driven films, and
1: this one definitely is not an artistically driven film. Oh, you guys are cinema snobs. Come I on. am
3: not a
0: cinema snob. No, Jeremy, no, Jeremy kind of is. Me. I'm not.
1: I like films like this, but like I'll be honest, right? I, I found that you know in those parts in the films in the film it really did drag for me, and you know, JP bringing up you know this one you know with multiple watches is kind of a, more of a tedious watch. <clears throat> I completely agree with that. I was having a hard time with this one again, and I was I was having a fun time, you know, 45 minutes into it, and I was like, oh, God. I, I found I found myself looking at the time three or four times. I was like, I is, this, is this over? And I'm like, fuck, man. You know, I used to really enjoy this film. Um, you know, it's not – overall, it's not that bad. You know, I, I just think it could have benefited from some editing, taking out some of these scenes, these extended scenes and stuff. felt like the editing was just not there. They just kind of kept everything in the movie, which really brought it down, in my opinion. Um thoughts?
0: I mean, my thing is it was actually a disappointing watch. Like I, I had Blood when Blood Diner was picked for the viewer's choice show, I was happy because I was like, okay, I remember watching Blood Diner, you know, 2010 ish, so like good five years ago maybe, for the first time, and I was like, you know, you're like, yo, this was pretty good. Like I, I enjoyed it. I laughed a lot. I thought it was just a ridiculous film um just obscure as hell and this time watching it I it was just real like you said tedious and I was just kind of like really like this was blood diner like I remember it being a lot better mm-hmm. you know to be honest
1: man <clears throat> one of my main issues with this with this film besides the, the you know the editing aspect of it you know could have been shorter and stuff was the simple fact of the one brother. Who was, the, you know, the wrestling freak and stuff. I enjoyed some scenes in the diner with, you know, him watching wrestling and freaking out and stuff. I thought it was pretty funny because, you know, like people that are really into wrestling like, oh, fuck that guy, you know, they, you know getting into a yeah, But I, they actually they, – they really extended the whole aspect of this sub kind of plot in the film about him being this wrestler and stuff. And then they really did – they took it into the ring and stuff. And I'm just like this is really – I don't know if for you guys but it really takes me out of the film. To see that, like, I didn't need yeah, to explore I that Read that into the that ring.
0: That's and one shit, of my I,
1: least favorite scenes, actually. Exactly. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, I don't know, man. And like, when he bit the dude's leg and he went all cannibal on him, I'm like, these guys aren't even cannibals. Like, the fuck? I mean, I don't know, man. I was like, this is fucking weird. Um, but it, it just kind of takes me out of the film. Uh-huh. That's what it did for me, yeah, anyways. Yeah. So, um, you know, there is there is a lot of pros and cons to this film, in my opinion. You guys, you know, can tell yours after. But I think one of the pros in this film that actually kind of keeps me entertained and I, I kind of laugh about it is the choice of music in some of the scenes. The soundtrack yeah. is actually pretty funny in it at times. Like it, it does fit for certain scenes, and it, I don't it's know. Not as, good as bl-
3: video file and soundtrack
1: though. <laughs> well, yeah, but like this one, you know, it, it has its moments. I, I thought it was pretty entertaining, so I don't know, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. I
0: think that one of the pros I think is the uh setting of the diner like set like they they're feeding people like like meat obviously but they're supposed to be like a health food like vegetarian diner. Like I love that. Yeah, it's funny. obviously like, it, like I I think we I think tells from the crypt even did that before um mm-hmm. maybe even after this but uh, you know it's always that it it always works for me when people are eating human flesh and they don't realize it hell, like man. yeah motel hell uh the meatloaf episode of tells from the crypt like we've seen it before uh text yeah, yeah. chainsaw massacre <laughs> um i
1: oh, don't wait. know it's coming i don't i don't know if you guys ever noticed but like you know i like female,
3: that but it's coming i swear
1: <laughs> the female cop in the film Okay, who does she remind you guys of? Texas
2: Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> she does
1: remind you of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the cop reminded me of Janet Jackson. Every time I looked at her, it just reminded me of her and it was making me laugh. I just, I don't know what it was about that cop in the film, but it was just kind of getting to me every time. It was kind of funny. Uh, Jeremy talked about the end of the film and its, uh, you know, ridiculousness. So and, goofy. And over the top and goofy and stuff. Stupid. What the and fuck I, it is? I have to I have to say the end of the film reminds me of From Dust Till Dawn, and I'll explain why. Because of the, you know, the setting of it, you know, you got all these things that are happening with all these people and stuff like that. And you got this band on stage that's, yep. you know, Mine going all fucking too. crazy with the music and stuff. And it just instantly I was like, fuck, man, you know, this is from 87. I'm, I'm sure Tarantino saw it. I'm, I'm sure that he didn't rip this off or anything, but it's just very kind of reminiscent of. of that scene from Dustal Dawn where the band is playing like the dead bodies and stuff. And I might have to just, punch just him the in the face. Just the way it's kind blood. of all kind of put together and stuff it just instantly I was like wow that's from Dust Till Dawn right there um of course this one's a lot different in sequence and stuff but yeah, yeah I, agree. I agree this one is a lot uh it's, it's pretty goofy and kind of over the top but and man some of the effects and stuff completely laughable Yeah, <laughs> pretty fucking funny but I don't know I don't hate the ending it's
3: not for me this I, film I find,
1: it, I find it goes on a little too a little too long maybe that's what it is like a lot of scenes in this film I don't know
0: yeah, I, I just don't know with this one. Like, I actually don't have much to say about it. Um, it's just ridiculous from start to end, and, like, you either like it or you don't. I did like it more than I do now, which I I will say, like, um, I'm actually not even going to comment much more on it because I literally have nothing to say unless you guys do. Um, but I would say if you have seen it one time, probably don't revisit it.
3: Yeah, yeah it's not <laughs> This one's not not for me. I have to say, you know, I, I'm all for my goofy, over the top, stupidness. I love that alive. That movie's crazy. Like this I still enjoy stuff. it.
0: Like yeah, I enjoy yeah. it like to a certain extent. But I I just was like disappointed with how how little, how much less I enjoyed it. I was just like, wow. Like I really liked this film the first time I seen it. Like I was really excited to do it, and then I was like, it's kind of just black yeah yeah. i mean <clears throat> i think my my biggest
1: concern with the film or my biggest gripe with the film is that it's too long it, there's a lot of things in this film i felt like it could have been cut out what and is an hour it, and 40 minutes yeah i think it's like it's is it really the that 90s. long it, it, i think it's in the 90s or something yeah. but it, th- th- like i said there's a lot of scenes in this film that definitely could have been shortened or even completely cut out i mean i have to admit though like you know the one scene where the couple's fucking in the Great. in like the desert or whatever the yeah. fuck it is when she fights back i actually do life at uh, laugh at that because it's pretty fucking ridiculous. she kicks his ass it's funny <clears throat> she does but i didn't mind fucking... that scene so much but the whole scene doesn't have to be there it just kind of takes you out of the film mm-hmm. a little bit it's like they're you know i understand what they're doing with that scene they're, they're going to show how they're getting some you know of the parts Parks. and stuff uh, yeah <clears throat> i completely understand that but at the same time is it really that fully needed You know, it was kind of funny. But, you know, the point is that scene was quite long and there were some other really extended scenes. And, you know, I do agree, you know, upon, you know, a multiple viewing of the of the film, it wasn't doing a whole lot for me again. You know, and I was I was quite excited to watch it. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Mm. And, uh, you know, it starts out really good. And, you know, and of course, I I really don't like to dwell on like, you know. Uh, problems with films and mistakes in films and stuff when when they're done low budget like this. But this is one that I couldn't help notice, and I thought was kind of ridiculous because it's very easy to avoid when you're doing the these editings and stuff, or when you're filming. I mean, okay, going back to the opening scene in the film where the uncle is, uh, um, you know, uh, killed. Right, he's killed in the daytime. Now, there's a flashback scene in in the later in the film where they show you know a flashback of that scene. And it's actually at nighttime. I was like, "Fuck you guys! (laughs) Like seriously, (laughs) like that's such a simple thing to avoid. You know, you just you know look at how you filmed the first part. It was in the daytime. Film that exact scene that you just did, but in the daytime. You know what I'm saying? It's just so that that kind of bugged me a little bit because I'm like, that's really there's no there's no way. You know, I was like, fuck whatever. But uh, I don't know i'm done i felt like i talked way too much of a bloodbath and i can tell you guys are pretty disinterested with it but um
3: yeah it's no 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 uh shit i lost my what was i gonna say it's no reason why this movie doesn't have an official release
0: <laughs> or like a like a it's legit, no surprise to you why it doesn't have like a, a legit, legit non-multipack yeah. release yeah yeah I um
3: know. Does it have a region two or anything like that? It or does. Just, it oh. has a
1: drag. It has a really nice dragon release. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, like, I, I don't hate it. Like, I, it, it's just one of those films where um, it, it just doesn't offer much in terms of rewatch. It doesn't offer much in terms of the first watch besides just being ridiculous. Like, it's just one of those films that are like. Like real obscure, like wh- like how the hell did this get made? Like what what were they like thinking? Like just it's it's a funny um. There like the uncle was funny, and I I think that moods probably has the strongest point that if it would have been tighter, it probably would have more lasting value.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah, ratings. I think when, when, oh
1: yeah, yeah. When when you get taken out of a film like that. You know, it, that's a major problem because it's, a, it's you know, a comedy horror type deal, right? You can't be taken out of a film by certain extended long scenes. That just doesn't work for a comedy. You know, I mean, cite every Adam Sandler film. <laughs> All right, so Radiance, guys. Am I first? I'll go first. Right. Since I never go first. Uh, I, I give Blood Diner a six out of ten. Six? Okay. Yeah.
0: I give Blood Diner a five. It's average... It's a five. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: I'm going to give it a four out of ten. Not my cup of tea.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can see that
1: coming. Yeah. All right, so moving along here, Uh, Blood Diner, not... uh... But I
3: did like the next movie we're going to talk about, and that's a little bit out of my comfort level.
1: (laughs) All right, so uh, Video Violence from 1987, directed by Gary Cohen.
4: This, this time, Mr. Maria, another active Video
1: violence. This morning, we found a tape in our Dropbox. It was a tape of a murder, shot on video.
5: This town has a strange preoccupation with violence. The only thing we seem to rent are gory horror movies.
4: The big thing to do on Saturday night is sit in front of the tube and watch people getting killed. You lay off them monster movies for a while. You stick with kitty stuff.
1: yeah man shot this, on this one video. had a
3: fucking story unlike yeah freaking all the other shot on videos i've watched
1: yeah you know video violence for many some shot on video um you know like shot on video is always a conversation topic you know a lot of people disregard it as even a you know, a credible fucking type of film. I've heard people just like they totally just won't even watch them. They're just like, they're bullshit. They're bullshit. And I'm, I always try to tell people, I'm like, man, there's some you know, good there, ones. There's some, there's some really, really decent ones. You know, you know, especially from this era. You know, video violence and like, you know, blood cult and stuff. Ones with like real storylines that are actually quite insane. When you really, when you're watching the film for the first time, and you're going, wow, this one actually has a real storyline. Yeah. Really interesting. So I think we should yeah. probably get into the plot first. <laughs> So yeah, video violence. Someone want to drop the plot? Uh, Jeremy, suck at this shit.
3: Okay, so this guy from New York who used to own a movie theater moves to a small town, and he opens up a video store. And one day, a magical videotape appears on his counter, and his coworker wants to ride it to watch it. So they go and they pop it in the VHS player, and it is a real life snuff film. And the rest of the film is trying to find out what's going on in this small town with
0: these people who are making these snuff films. Exactly. That's all. That's perfect. Perfect. You did it. Yeah. Um, that's that's so exactly what it is. I, I want to start off by something that a couple, a couple of weeks back or a week back or something, I joked with moods about, uh, well, you watch all these shitty shot on video films. And then I like kind of reversed the statement because I knew that not all of these films are shitty and he's absolutely right. Like, We had a conversation last night where we were talking about the amount of heart that are in these things that just don't – that like you do not see that nowadays. People are unwilling to take the risk of trying when they're dealing with low budget like this. They don't want to try because they don't want to look like a jackass if they fail.
1: Yeah, and that was standing from a conversation we had a long time ago about – like it's very simple, you know. In my opinion, I think it's easier for filmmakers nowadays to make a film that is a comedy, you know, and they can get away with that. But if they try to make a serious horror film and it fails, well, then it's just a raging piece of shit.
3: Yeah, and this one's better than Blood Diner, and Blood Diner was a
1: legitimately made movie. You know, so, you know, continue along, JP.
0: Yeah, and and this one, for example, like, I think is very solid. Like, the story is actually interesting, and you know, this is what I like about um, people who actually like attempt to make something. Is I bet what happened? Now I don't know this, but I, I mentioned this last night as well. There's a guy who really likes movies, and he wanted to create a movie. He decided to make a movie because he was like, "Hey, well, we have that video store. We have access to a video store. Let's make it about." the video store let's make it uh, center around this it's using what you have available and that's how good movies are made i'm I'm, like yeah (laughs) like you like like that's why i hate when people say i don't i my movie sucks because i didn't have any money you don't need money you don't need it you need to know people if you say my movie could have been better if i had this to do this then, yeah, like, yeah, you can say, like, yeah, if I had more money, the movie would have been better. But you cannot say my movie sucked because I didn't have money because look at these type of films where you have video violence. Guaranteed they didn't have any money. They had a VHS camcorder fucking thing and they probably edited it on, like, two VCRs or something <laughs> ridiculous. That's one thing. The
3: editing was pretty shitty in this one. But yeah, but that's you can't a, blame That's it. to be expected. No, not yeah. at all.
0: No hardest, mm. to yeah. Those technical VHS. issues, yeah.
1: Those technical <laughs> issues with you know a shot on video film is very very forgivable. Yeah, you know it, it's a time where I'm just like you know it, it is what it is. It's not a big deal. It's kind of like saying you know, you know I was watching video violence and the acting sucked and I'm like dude. What do you expect? Fuck, expect like, an Academy Awards, but it you...
0: didn't suck that bad. No, actually, the no, acting's liked, not
1: that bad. In I like the two, like
0: the guy, the main guy that owns the store. Like I legitimately liked him as a character. Like mm. actually liked him. And that's yeah. more than I could say for, you know, some of the stuff that comes out um, that is super yeah, and
3: But even, Howard and, and he, but it, even Howard
0: and Eli are likable characters. Yeah, yeah. They're I fucking
3: mean, insane.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a solid watch. Video violence is a solid watch. Yeah.
3: Now, is the sequel any better moods or is it shittier or what?
0: Uh,
1: the sequel isn't as good as the first one, but, you know, it's, it has its moments. But, you know, like I always said to you guys, you know, that video violence was like my favorite shot on video film. And I'm glad that you, you guys got a, you know, finally got a chance to watch the film. Yeah. But now you see where I'm coming from, right? Because I always try to defend – I would never talk too much about it because I'm just like I, – I feel like I'm just defending the shit out of this film all the time you know, to people. But this is – I really – I've always enjoyed this film. I think it has such an honest feel to it and the way mm-hmm. they film this. And,
3: it's like a time I, capsule. I think like they knew when they were filming it maybe a little bit that maybe video stores like this wasn't going to be around forever. It's very culture, culture mm-hmm. for the time that it was made.
1: Mm-hmm. I like the setting of this film, though, because it literally takes place in, like, this small town. And they capture yeah. it, too, in scenes where they're driving around. And, like, yeah. you can see the buildings and the houses. Like, it's mm-hmm. a small fucking town yeah. that has this video store locked in the middle of it. And, the, of course, this town has an evil secret where they're, you know, what they're doing and stuff. But Like, even, I like, really the like police the station's, like, small and shitty. It's just, like, a church building that says police on the front of it. I, I love the <laughs> I love the police officer in this film, too, how he's, like, totally yeah. in on it and, like, you know, he goes to press play on the camera, yeah, presses, presses record, you know, shit like that. It's just fucking, yeah. it's good, man. Yeah, it's yeah. really entertaining. Um, but uh, one thing about this movie that always blew my mind was the the gore effects in it. There's See, some I, scenes in this film that are It's fucking... not as
3: gory as I thought it was gonna be. Like, no, I, like the la- the only other shot on video film I've seen is Redneck Zombies, and that film is like takes the cake on any like mainstream horror film that I've seen on the gore department. Mm-hmm. This one isn't really that gory for a film but titled it, "Video Violence,"
1: <laughs> but I mean, video violence is also yeah, yeah. But one, I mean, yeah.
3: I mean, yeah. it has it's I mean, it has a share of gore and things
1: like that. You gotta admit though, like the you know the decapitation in this yeah. film is pretty well done. Yeah. You know, I used that in an intro <laughs> recently because I love that scene so much. But, um, but yeah, the gore you know the gore scenes that are in this were like quite surprising, mm-hmm. pretty well done, man. I got to say so. I don't know. Here, try our lemonade. Yep. <laughs> Don't try the lemonade. We all it's know that. F- fucking cabin fever all over. <laughs> yeah.
5: I mean I, I just
0: admire the charm and the heart. I really do. Like that that really as soon as I started watching it, I was like I was like, this is a guy who was trying to make a movie, man. And and mm-hmm. that's what I like. Like I feel like that is what um has always like propelled the genre was the people that have that drive and the people that like really want to try their best. Mm -hmm. and don't care what don't care about failing or they do care about failing but they don't care about it enough to like tone down what they want to do they they, they're gonna make what they want to make and they don't really you know they're not worried about looking like a jackass but they kind of are but they're not this
3: one was you know 95 minutes and it didn't seem that bad at all compared to blood diner which is about the same length
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually interesting because uh I have both versions of the film. I, I bought that uh video violence, yeah. you know, box set and it actually has a director's cut that's quite a bit shorter. They cut out quite a bit of the scenes, you know, the scenes that you know more, you know, when you watch the film, you're like, eh, it probably doesn't need to be there. It's not like it's boring or anything for this one, but um, you know, he went in and kind of re edited the film and made it a lot shorter, tightened it up. So it'd be interesting to hear you guys' thoughts on the director's cut, which I believe is man, I, I think it's roughly ten or fifteen minutes shorter. Wow actually yeah Yeah. they they cut out quite a bit of scenes that
3: surprised you didn't do that in the camp motion picture release though isn't released by that box set released by camp motion too
1: yeah well this dvd came out a long time ago right this is a few years old um so
3: but it's that huge box set right yeah oh, why the fuck did they have it at cinema wasteland <laughs> it came out a few years ago remember there what was a mean? few on that table at cinema wasteland you're like i can't believe that they still have these
1: oh no i was talking about this dvd release oh okay I thought. You yeah yeah well that was funny because i thought those were out because they were limited to yeah. i think 250 or something like that i was surprised to see him because uh steve had bought one too and he and you know he knows the the guy that runs alternative cinema and stuff and he said they were going quick and they were pretty much gone so I was surprised to see him at Wasteland. You can still catch
3: like, them. You can still get them for like 50 bucks on eBay I looked. That's actually not bad. Yeah.
1: It's not bad. It's a nice set man It comes with two VHS red tapes and the director's cut of the film and shirt and a bunch of other posters and yeah, stuff sh- like that. I saw the it- shirt. It's like... Yeah, Well, I've worn I've it a couple of videos, actually. It's that yellow one that says, yeah. I'm a lifer at the video store.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's pretty funny. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, I've just always been really, really drawn to this film. And I've always respected it and loved it. And it just, for me, it captures exactly what a shot on video film was meant to be in the 80s. You know, it was kind of a, it was a craze that went on because, <clears throat> you know, video Our filmmakers realized that they could make films on you know their their home cameras and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: when they realized like when it came out, right? I mean, it's like this started when the cameras came out when they were accessible. It's like okay, well, like it's harder to do like editing's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, we can make a film like like now it's so easy to make a film that. Like you don't, you can't siphon out the people who really want to do it uh-huh. anymore because yeah, anybody yeah. can do it. And these yeah. people, the guys who made video violence, the guys who made you know some of the other shot-on-video stuff, like those are the guys who really wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fully agree, man. This is a product of its time definitely and it's still it
1: holds up man you know yep, <clears> yeah. when you watch this film it's very nostalgic for you know it people is. that love these type of films because like the video store is fantastic you know it has All that the old rental in the
3: bag it's like that tape's worth a hundred dollars now fucking but asshole it,
1: there, there's like this big box that uh day of the dead in there and i'm just like oh god yeah, there's like, <laughs> so there's,
3: like awesome. wizard videos back there it's like oh those tapes are so valuable now
1: yeah the poster yeah. oh, yeah. it, it's really cool to see man i, I really somebody comes that. in and asks for pieces and stuff
3: yeah the, the, I love the, the chainsaw part. movie. This I love that like,
1: part. I love that scene. Man, and they come and you're like, "Hey, man, you got that chainsaw movie?" Uh, and the guy's like,
2: "Uh, yeah." Um,
0: do you have that one movie. Chainsaw
2: <laughs> Massacre. Uh, oh, that's what it's called.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got that in the back. And then the guy coming in for the porn. I mean, everybody remembers, you know, and that that's pretty interesting too because, like, everybody remembers the uh, the room in the back, right, covered with know. a curtain. Family oh, video totally. still has them. Are you serious? <laughs>
1: yep. I remember sneaking in there when I was, like, obviously too young to be and just, like, running in and looking at the covers real quickly because porn boxes are just – they don't hold anything back. I've even back, went right? in
3: there. I've been yeah. in them. I go into – even though I'm not perv, I go in there and I – hoping to find a copy of debbie does dallas anybody just at one
0: of them just to find it anybody who says i'm not a perv is clearly a perv well i
1: wanted a copy of debbie does <laughs> you of defend dallas yourself, i love going to the Come porn on. sections i'm just blown away by like
3: remember that uh, one i sent you on facebook crazy. the twilight porn parody that's fucking hilarious it's so funny
1: <laughs> but yeah i don't know man this movie is just oh it's fantastic stuff, man. I, like I said, man, I think the most surprising thing is like, you know, how elaborate the, the storyline actually really is. And it, it's creative, man. It's cool. People
0: working with what they got, man, and putting a yeah. mad heart into it, trying their best. Like, this is some good shit here. And, yeah. you know, I'm not overly familiar with found uh, – not found footage, vi- uh, shot on videos. Like, I've seen more than Jeremy has, but nowhere near as many as Moods has. Like, I, like or Hell's Highway. Yeah. <laughs> or Fucking Steve. Steve. Hell's Highway is another one that I – Remembered liking, but this is definitely probably the best one that I've seen, um, so far. Well, I it kind of makes me p- more interested to go and check out more. Yeah, man. only the good ones, though.
1: You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some, you know, legitimately bad ones that are, you know, pretty, bad. you know, obviously shady and stuff. Redneck but, next know, zombies. I think zombies. I, I really enjoy that film. But there's zombies of, is all right. There's there's some really good fucking ones out there, man. Like I said, Blood Cult. In my opinion. Has one of the like craziest storylines, too, for a film shot on video, mm-hmm. of course, and uh, super entertaining, man. Got some good kills in it. I recommend that one, but now you guys understand why I always talk about video violence, right? Yeah, so yeah, I don't know, I don't really know what else to say. I don't really want to give anything away about the movie, but I do agree, man. The uh, um, the lead in the film. The guy's hair always cracks me up. Every time I watch a film, it's just, oh, it's so fucking awesome. But he's good, man. He's really good. You know, he's legitimate. Um another thing that I love about this movie is that like Casio keyboard score.
3: Yep, yep. I remember I was watching I I was watching it and I messaged Moods. I was like, This score reminds me of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It's so like Pee-wee-ish the way it sounds. It's awesome. <laughs>
1: But yeah, I don't know, man. I just uh, who who actually
0: directed video violence? Gary Cohen.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I have seen a couple other like some of them are really bad though. Like um there's one I seen called like Zombie Rampage from like 89.
1: Fucking Yeah, I awful. think I, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Zombie
3: um, Rampage. That just know, sounds I, terrible.
1: I actually have a video in the works I was just going to talk about some of my favorite uh shot on video films and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I'll get that up sometime. Damn, but, that's uh, a
0: fifty buck tape, JP. What Zombie Rampage? Yeah, because there was probably only two made. Yeah, yeah. There was another one I seen called like In the Dead of Winter that was also pretty bad. Mm. Yeah, so that, I mean, there are bad ones, but you've I seen mean,
1: some. Uh, you've seen some shot of on video ones. films I've never seen. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hell's Highway was actually pretty good, though. I do recommend that one.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Do you guys have anything else to say about video violence? I I just think it's a great piece of cinema history, man. Maybe it'll make our most influential film. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I'm saying, man. It's it is what it is, man. You know, definitely give it a shot if you've never, you know, if you've been interested in seeing shot on video and you just haven't checked out, or if you have not had any. You know, you just want to write it off, whatever. Maybe give it a shot, man. Maybe start with Video Violence. This one might change your mind. Um, yeah. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But I recommend it highly. So ratings, guys?
3: Yeah. I went first last time. I did. Uh, I went first last Liz time. went first last time. Oh. So
0: you're going first now. <laughs> Fuck you. Um,
3: eight out of ten for Video Violence. Surprised the hell out of me.
0: It definitely was surprising. Uh, that's for damn sure. I can't go as high as an eight, so I'm just going to go with a 6.5 out of 10, but I still really did enjoy it, but I I see it about a 6.5 range for me personally.
1: Hmm. Interesting. I, you know, these are the type of films that are hard to rate because when I look at a shot on video film, I'm not really trying to rate it on technical aspects and stuff because, well, let's, let's be frank. It's a fucking shot on video film. You know, it's, it's not the highest of quality, Mm -hmm. right there um so you know there's a lot of forgivable elements to a shot on video film like i said acting you know editing you know even soundtrack uh, you know a lot of things but i think this one has ultimate charm man ultimate charm i think it really does capture a lot of what a shot on video film you know should have been back in the 80s and stuff and it is like my favorite shot on video film so i'm gonna go also with an eight out of ten um yeah um, I will. I will recommend watching the director's cut. It is a lot shorter. They do cut out some of the scenes that are extended in this one and whatnot and stuff. So it is quite different to watch the director's cut a little bit. So, but yeah. So. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but if you're bad boys and girls, your name goes in the bad boys and girls book, and I'll bring you something horrible. <laughs>
1: Moving along to the final review of the uh, Viewer's Choice Awards. And, you know, this one came at an odd time because, of course, it, Christmas was about three weeks ago. Yeah, three weeks ago. It was and, spe- uh,
0: it especially weird for me because I'm, like, real weird with that stuff. I mean, yeah. it, broke my so it doesn't really
3: fire. matter to me. <laughs> yeah, I to see Chinese food.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so this is uh, Christmas Evil from 1980. Um, yeah. Anybody want to give the... Synopsis on J- Jer- uh, J- uh, Justin JP.
0: <laughs> Justin, what the fuck are you? Yeah, I can't I'm get. I'm actually not I- gonna give the synopsis because yeah, I
3: don't know how to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> U-turn moods.
3: Yeah, like this one's uh, hard w- to
1: give a synopsis on. Well, I did give the synopsis of one of them on the first film.
0: Yeah, this is this is my week off. Okay, I've done way more than all allians.
1: Okay. You know what? I'll just be lazy here. I'll just read the back of the... the I mean, this one is really... This one is really not that fucking hard to, you know, to, you know, give a But anyways, uh, when he was a boy, Harry idolized Santa Claus. But one Christmas Eve, he witnessed something horrifying that forever shattered his innocent (laughs) um, understanding of Santa. Now an adult, Harry wants to embody the pure Santa Claus he grew up loving. He worked... He works at a toy factory and keeps records of who's been naughty and nice, <laughs> but the spirit of Christmas isn't what it uh, used to be, and he can't take it. So, garbed in a red suit, Harry decides that the only thing he can do is become Santa Claus himself and make all the naughty townspeople pay in blood. Vinegar really. uh, Okay. Yeah, so... He really doesn't pay, make him pay in blood, not really. So, so basically, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what happens. You know, Harry has a traumatic a experience at the beginning of the film in 1947. Moved to the present, he has now became a supervisor of um toy of a toy factory Making called the
0: shittiest jo- toys in yeah. the world. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, this is 1980 though, too, right? So that's a little little forgivable. But uh, he comes as a supervisor of Jolly Dream, which is actually. You know uh, exploited in the film a little bit about how the workers are like oh you know you haven't come to union meeting in a while you know you you must be not one of us anymore and stuff like that but of course he's kind of fed up with the uh, you know the corporate bullshit and stuff like that and he's really seen the evil in people and you know of course he has this soft spot for Christmas. And uh, yeah, he definitely watches the kids in the neighborhood, not in a creepy way. I guess I don't know. It's, no, in it's a kind of way. I got
3: a, I kind of got a petty file for. for
1: I know, me. I know. I I kind of, I try to defend way. it though, but it's like, but he literally has a naughty book and a nice book and stuff, and
0: and they're huge you know, as fuck. And it's like, where did he go to get those? <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, like, those had I, to be I, custom made. You no, know, he got those from the North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> but he basically is a kid. He sees Santa Claus going down yeah. on mom, and yeah. it fucked him up as it yeah. would anybody.
1: So. But yeah, so he has enough of this corporate bullshit and he decides to start taking out the naughty people of the world and stuff because he's just fucking had it. So – but yeah, I mean that's Christmas Evil, man. Um, I like
3: this film because you would think uh, it would be marketed as a slasher film based on the way that you would see the cover and think about the film. But the film is – like I told Moods and JP, it's more of a psychological horror film than a slasher film, which
0: we really haven't done that many – well, I don't, I re- I, re- I kind of um refer to Chris uh Silent Night Deadly Night because it's kind of the same type deal. Yeah, but it's not as, as big of a slasher as Silent Night Deadly Night. No, but Night. I mean the psychological angle is there. Uh-huh. No, well, yeah. you you got to look when this came out. this is 1980. The slasher yeah. boom didn't really hit until 81. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> <clears throat> I guess I just see it like I mean it definitely is a
1: psychological. Why wow, you type see it film. as a slasher moods? No, no, no. I don't really see it as a slasher. I just I, I just see it as like a character driven piece. Oh, yeah. This movie is oh, literally sure. about Harry. Oh yeah. And like his you know, you see what happened to him in the beginning of the film, then you see his, you know, as an adult and then you know he's getting fed up with this bullshit. Like he loves kinda, Christmas and he fucking snaps when he sees the uh the, the, the parade.
3: Like it kind of reminded me of that that uh a movie you talked about a while ago, uh, fuck Tony, is that what it was called? Yeah. Yeah, kind of reminded me of that movie when you were
0: talking about it. This one I mm. liked because I was like I was definitely down for the ride. Like I'm like I'm like this is viable. This is believable. Like oh, yeah. I'm I'm a roll with this. Like I and me I think I'm I'm more along the lines of Jeremy where I actually I like a little bit of psychological type of horror a lot, you know, every now and then, especially like mixed in with my slasher types. Um and uh this one is, you know, kind of like a proto slasher, I would say. Um, It's after Halloween, but it it definitely kind of has that, uh, you know, like one after another victim type thing, but it's, you know, axe wielding Santa and stuff like it's kind of almost a slasher, but it definitely is more psychological.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know if I like the word psychological for this film. I understand where you guys are coming from, but like, I just, I just see it as a total character-driven piece about this guy. Like, I think it's psychological. I think there's a little more elements to it, but I mean, there obviously is elements of that. But, um, I don't know, man. I really like the story, of Harry. Like, you really feel for him too. Like, I, you know, the scene in the factory when the guys are razzing them about not being one of them anymore. You know, that's kind of the start of you know fuck this world you know mm. kind of thing and i really see it and and i've i've been in this environment before so i can totally 100% relate like i've worked in these union jobs and i've seen guys go from you know the floor workers into management which are no longer in the union and stuff and i i totally understand where he's coming from right there you know and, and it's like,
3: kind of this film's like a middle finger to consumerism it's like fuck it, you, which, man. like it
1: which, really is yeah. you know especially with the scene at the party when when he's you know he's talking with the, you know that new employee that's doing that uh campaign bullshit yeah. and stuff and and Harry goes well you know how many kids are in the hospital and the guy's like i, I don't, I don't know, know man i just work on this and stuff and then he fucking loses his mind man he's yeah. like this is bullshit and you know there's a lot of you know under elements of this film that really do work you know on all levels man mm-hmm. i I think the movie's actually really, really well done, and I've talked about this one highly many, many times. And uh, you know, it's unfortunate where some people go into this film thinking it's going to be a full blown slasher. I've heard a few people say that before, and they were super disappointed. I'm like, See, well, I
0: look at it the <clears> opposite <throat> way. I went yeah. into this film thinking it was a full blown slasher, and was surprised that it wasn't. Like, I'm surprised that you guys did because
1: I've told you before it's not. I don't remember but what you say. I, I've ta- I even rated this on the fucking cast before. Did you? did know yeah, I had that you have it on the, the website like i just it's like you guys don't it's like i'm muted when Dude, I'm you
0: talk about 52 <clears throat> movies a week
1: okay we can't remember everyone that you talk about hey hey <laughs> stop yelling at me you don't have to make me feel bad about it jesus christ <laughs>
0: listen yeah, it's you know, just like moods man. to me i kind of seen this one a little bit different. Like I didn't really feel for the character too much, like you may have, but that's not like in a negative way either. Like I look at it as like yeah, okay, I,
1: it's not even so much that I feel like I can relate to him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In a lot of aspects, you know, I, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with him going out and killing you, people, but it's like I can fucking relate a hundred. No, I
0: I totally relate to like the thing with the manager thing as well, because like maybe not on the same level as you do, but. I've noticed you know since I've moved positions that like like I'm looked at a lot differently, and I have to kind of disconnect from the the other employees anyway because I'm supposed to tell them what to do you know mm-hmm. what I mean so yeah, I, like yeah, I kind of get yeah. that there but I like this one like I look at it like um this guy is somebody who's always been fucked up, and it's just kind of a look at like okay, somebody who's always fucked up eventually does snap and this is just a look at that point in his life where he eventually did. Um, and like, there's some like, um, hints that, you know, obviously we see the thing early on with the mother, but there's some hints that we get from the brother that he's always kind of been a little weird, like, um, later on. So I look at it like, uh, this is just like a voyeuristic look at this guy's, um, the the end of this guy. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I agree, man. I, I think it's a, I think it's a good study, man. I think there's a lot of scenes that hold a lot of merit in this that are really strong. Like I, I brought up the uh, the party scene and stuff, and but there is elements of this film that are so <laughs> fucking they're almost offbeat and kind of not discouraging. I don't know if I want to use that word, but uh, just odd. I don't know, you know, with with the books, you know, how he keeps the. Yeah. I mean, I understand yeah, like from that, that point of it's view. It's definitely at not at the same time. But I mean, from nowadays, I mean, when you're watching this movie for the first time in 2015, you know, maybe not 1980, it wasn't so much looked upon as what we look upon that as, you know, that seems very pedophilish, you know, I mean, maybe it wasn't so much in 1980. But I mean, it's a it's a product of its time, too, because, you know, back in those days, maybe people didn't see it quite as bad as we do now. You know, so if you're watching the film for the first time in 2015, you see it differently as you would probably, yeah. you know, 20 or 35 years ago. And I, I find that scene so interesting. <laughs> He's just like, he writes, you know, he does his naughty book first about the little kid that likes his porno mags, which yeah. we all did, man. Fuck, come on. And um, the little girl that's playing with her doll, and she's like, oh, she's such a darling. And I'm just like, I'm looking at this <laughs> yeah. going and I'm The first thing I'm thinking of is how is JP and Jeremy viewing this right now? Because I know it's your first time watching this film, and it's 2015, and what we know about what... This type of stuff generally means. Well, I watched. I exactly how you guys like were going
0: to interpret this. Explained it like in terms of like, okay, now that would be weird, but I don't think it was quite as weird back then. Like, mm-hmm. so like I'm aware
1: exactly of that. what my point was in yeah.
0: 1980.
1: It was kind of looked upon as, oh, he's a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> honey, can I get some more eggnog
0: with rum? <laughs> this is um, the, you know, like I actually, you, you know, a lot of times when you have these type of films and we follow the killer the whole time, okay. But I never really feel like it's his point of view. I feel like I'm looking in on him doing stuff. Like like it's my point. Like it was a weird thing that I, I kind of just like realized. Like when we're watching – when he's looking at the the kids through binoculars and stuff, like I never got the vibe that I was seeing it through his eyes. I've always got the vibe that I, – I, I mean the whole time I got the vibe that I was – like peeking at him peeking at them it's like that is of,
1: interesting because that does change a lot man because if you are seeing it through his eyes it's basically kind of presenting the fact that you know maybe this is kind of you know pedophilish and stuff but yeah if you see it from the outside looking into him it's completely different
0: yeah, yeah. it was like a different feel I and i wasn't like, what really you're saying, aware yeah. of it until now when we're talking but like i never like even when he's on the roof and stuff like i never feel like um I'm watching through his point of view on the roof. Like I feel like Mm I'm, I'm like the like the voyeur watching him on the roof. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you know, overall, this movie is not
1: you know like a lot of people expect it to be you know a slasher film, very gory and stuff. There is a couple scenes, and obviously, there's one scene that always sticks out in this film is with the eye part. Yeah, because I've, I've mentioned so many fucking times how much anything to do with eye gouging and it's anything. like me
3: with, with
1: teeth oh, broken it, bones exactly it just gets to me every time I'm like damn every time I see that fucking scene I'm like fuck that's nasty but yeah if, I'm, I mean if you're going into this film expecting like a full blown nah. you know Santa Killer Slash or like a Silent Night Deadly Night type deal yeah you're probably going to be a little disappointed it's not overly that gory um, <clears throat> in fact there's not really a lot of kills at all you know there's one type scene <laughs> where you know he, he heads back to the party and, and does some business i don't know if it's the editing in, the, in that film that makes me laugh but you know after you know they kind of cut to the bodies on the ground and stuff everyone's still standing on the steps and no one's moving <laughs> just like really no one's gonna try and help it's kind of funny it's just kind of like a then they all go back action.
3: inside and then that's when you're introduced to black santa claus and it was fucking part <laughs> made me laugh when a black santa claus came up on the police
0: lineup
1: yeah, exactly right <laughs> and then, uh, it's so stereotypical too uh, right? yeah
0: yeah. I I really um, I loved loved loved, and it, I feel like I did myself a disjustice by watching this at this time of year. But I l- loved the Christmas vibe in this one. It has a very oh, yeah. strong Christmas vibe. Yeah, it really does, man. It, I mean, you know, a lot of
1: elements of Christmas, man. You know, it's got that fucking fake snow. <laughs> Yeah, I love that
3: That was my favorite part when he's like falling over and it's totally fake. It looks like just like a sheet of white.
1: Well, that's what it is. It's like a blanket on the yeah, ground. Yeah, it made me like laugh so him. hard. <laughs> I know. Instantly, that reminded me of like an Ed Wood film. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that part is so Ed wood because it's just so amateur. But uh, anyways, be- besides that, you know, like the music and people always singing And like even, you know, Harry, you know, he's he's always in the spirit, you know, uh-huh. and it just kind of adds to that. And yeah, I, I see it, man. It's got yeah. definitely a really good vibe. You know, I mean, we've talked about this before. It's nothing worse than watching like a Christmas, you know, horror film where it just doesn't have that vibe. You're just like, What am I watching? Yeah. You know? You know, this one definitely throws it right in your face and it's it's nonstop throughout the film. It definitely has that. So
0: this yeah. this is like my kind of christmas horror film it's serious all the way through it's not jokey at all like you might be able to laugh at some stuff but it was never like intentionally it's more of a drama all than people. i think of a horror film to be completely honest i think it's pretty scary though man like i feel like if i watched this when i was a kid like there's some scenes like where he's in the hallway with the uh kid the kids come out after he just slit the dad's throat like uh-huh. i like it like he his, like sweat all over his face and stuff like uh-huh. it's pretty damn creepy yeah, okay. I <laughs> see that.
1: Well, uh, it's, you know, it's good to hear that you guys liked it. I wasn't sure how you guys were going to react to this one because I've always talked super highly about this one and you know, it seems like I've recommended this one to a couple people in the past and they've got back to me and said they didn't like it at all. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's
0: weird because literally okay. it's probably like like a little spoiler alert, but it's, it might be, I'm trying to think, it, like, it's definitely in contention for my favorite Christmas horror film.
1: Yeah, and well, I've I've said before this is my second favorite one of all time. So, you know, I I've, I've always been drawn to this film because I like character driven pieces. So do they don't I. have to be. They don't have to be fucking blood splatter, German blood splatter, fucking you know, balls to the wall, fucking ridiculousness. Like, I mean, I love Silent Night, Deadly Night, but I think this is a way better film uh-huh. than Silent Night, Deadly Night. And you know, just because it is a lot, obviously a lot more serious and stuff, but I, I love the the. You know the with, <laughs> the character driven uh story of Harry, and I think it's in- it's interesting and um I don't know man w- what did you guys think i without giving it away without spoiler or whatever, what do you think of the very last scene in the film besides the the obviously fake snow <laughs> oh that we um, see?
0: well, I had absolutely no problem with the end scene because uh-huh. I feel like you know without giving it away, it makes sense yeah,
1: it does right? it yeah. totally does. Yeah, and just the way I always thought it too, you know, it just kind of fits. Yep. And that's like enough said. You know, it just Mm -hmm. it just fits. I can see how somebody
0: would really not get it though.
1: (laughs) Exactly right. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say without giving away anything in the film. Like I don't want to. This is one that you definitely got to see. Yeah. You know, it's just you know, it's a this is a high recommendation
0: for me, man. I I feel like if you haven't seen this film, don't watch it now. Pick up the vinegar syndrome release. Next winter, and it'll probably be a little cheaper by then. And watch it Christmas. I heard the Blu-ray is nice. actually really good. It is the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray looks awesome.
1: I actually bought this brand new for seventeen bucks, so maybe That's, it will be cheaper. I got, but I I got mine little, reasonably
0: price. I think I got mine about that too. Yeah, it's fifteen. Right um, but you know, the, I only got to watch it half Blu-ray, half DVD. Because your family <laughs> member passed away. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Sorry, man. I just that was awesome. The family member. It's just. I'm no. sorry. I'm not laughing at you, man. I'm laughing. With, well, maybe not with you. Maybe with Jeremy. But <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Okay, ratings, guys. Who hasn't gone first? Uh, J- uh, JP. Jesus, I keep wanting to say your full name. Fuck, I don't know. JP. I'm getting old, oh. I guess. You know what You know, like when old people call you by your full name, like I'll, I'll meet like my grandparents. Uh, uh, my, uh, 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 Mike, you're up. No, they're <laughs> like, uh, oh, Michael, and I'm like, who the fuck is Michael? <laughs> Fuckers, stop calling me that. All right. Anyways, JP.
0: The first time oh, we said your real name. So, uh, my rating for this film. Um, I'm actually curious to see what Mood's rating is because I don't remember it. But you know, I, I like this one a lot. I think it's very strong. I actually don't have any negatives that I can think of at all. Um, pacing was good. Acting was good. Characters was good. Santa Claus looked hella good. I liked the Christmas vibe. There was some like lights. Maybe the uh, the um van was a little kooky and definitely creepy as hell. Like you don't want to be riding around in the <laughs> yeah. rape van, picking up yeah. a, dressed up as Santa Claus and shit. But uh, I'm gonna come in at a nine on this one. It's definitely a solid watch.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, Jeremy.
3: Okay. Um. Yeah, this one's good. It's a really good, interesting character study piece, and like I said before, it has a really interesting comment on consumerism and things like that it's definitely one you could explore if you want to write about it because it's definitely some interesting things going on with it as well um i'm gonna stick with my rating i gave for video Finance eight out of ten
1: uh yeah th- this one you know i think is uh you know i think it's a great film a great film um i've always talked highly about this one yeah the, the underlining of consumerism is interesting too uh but yeah a lot of a lot of really cool things um, one scene that we didn't talk about was a scene where he was uh, completely lost his shit after watching the parade, and you know he's glue. He <laughs> I love the scene where he's putting glue on his face, and then he puts the beard. Yeah. On. <laughs> but he does. He looks fucking badass. That costume looks great. You know, it's, it's an awesome uh, Santa Claus outfit. But anyways. Um I am going to stick with my rating of 9 out of 10. I think this movie is really brilliant and I think more people need to check it out and I'm oh, really man. surprised in how many people have not watched this movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm also surprised at the fact that people said that they didn't like this movie. So, like I said, if you're expecting a slasher film, you're going to be disappointed if you like these slow burn type character driven um it's not really that slow, but it's it's well, it's perfectly paced in my opinion. Uh it doesn't get over anxious in parts, it doesn't, you know, but, yeah, 9 out of 10, I think, is is appropriate. I'm surprised that JP actually gave it that high, to be honest. But, wow, crazy.
0: What was cool your stuff. rating? Nine. Oh. Me? No, no. You, you just came in at 9-2 moods? I gave it yeah, a mine eight. was 9. Was that the same rating as you had last time? Yeah. Oh. all right. So,
1: viewer's choice 2. Yeah. Viewer's choice 2, and that is going to do it for episode 40 of the 20 20- Forty. I, 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 I gotta say, Foddy like that, you know. Uh, viewer's choice two. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to do a viewer's choice three, maybe in season three, maybe episode sixty. I don't know. It probably won't be episode sixty the way we're rolling in this season. We're probably going to be at episode sixty. I don't fucking know. But
3: uh, that's five yeah, months away. So
1: that was a fucking that was a great show, man. I really enjoyed doing yeah. these films. Definitely a lot different than our first viewer's choice quality wise and stuff. But oh, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, that's gonna do it. Jeremy? Alright, so
3: thank you for watching, or listening, to the 40th episode of the 22 Shots of Moods.
2: Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
3: Of Horrors Podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so <laughs> at youtube.com slash mood 616 As always, if you want to follow the man JP, aka the man who hates PB Herman, you could do so at youtube.com slash double J. <laughs> As always, you can follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash nesruler22. And as always, you could follow us on our website. at 22ShotsOfMoodsAndHorror.com. It's 22ShotsOfMoodsAndHorror.com. And you can email us at the same address, 22ShotsOfMoodsAndHorror at gmail.com. It's 22ShotsOfMoodsAndHorror at gmail.com. And as always, you can leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665. And you can always follow us on our Facebook page where we have a, quite an awesome community Go over there. If you like...
2: Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You can talk about (laughs) it
3: all you want over there. Lots of awesome people. And we'll be back next week with the 41st episode of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast where we finally get to watch the film I've been waiting to talk about for months, A Boy and His Dog. So we'll be back (laughs) next week. Finally, finally, finally with A Boy and His Dog, which is... I think I'm going to get shat on when we talk about it. But I consider it a... Halfway horror film, so we'll talk about. <laughs> you Jeremy know, did- it's Jeremy not did- horror after. That. Jeremy doesn't
1: have the he doesn't have the uh, the greatest uh, um, history with his picks.
3: Fuck <laughs> you. You want to pick something else? You can pick something else. That's
0: <laughs> so, guys, uh, we will see you in episode forty-one of Boy and His Dog, and we will see you in episode sixty with Viewer's Choice Three.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's official. Apparently, so yeah. Um, all right, guys.